Are you ready to be financially stable? Are you ready to have that perfect credit score? Are you ready to start your dream business? If you answered yes to any of the questions, then you're ready for the Dagger Squad. Dagger Squad Inc. provides professional services, including credit repair. Dagger Squad Inc. specializes in the removal of negatives in the form of late payments, collection accounts, student loans, bankruptcy, judgments, and much more, holding the unofficial record of 26 deletions off of one report. After cleaning up your credit score, you might be interested in boosting it. Dagger Squad can help with the purchase of trade lines. Also referred to as authorized users, trade lines are age lines of credit used to boost credit scores by piggybacking off of the account in good standing. We've sold lines from Citibank, Chase, and Capital One, just to name a few. We also have the Z Black Card, the top prepaid rewards card that pays you for referring friends and family. Unlike other prepaid cards, the Z Black Card isn't loaded with fees. Why should you have to pay to add or remove your money? Here at the Dagger Squad, we believe in no monthly fees, no load or withdrawal fees, no transfer or balance inquiry fees, and the list goes on. You may also be interested in our student loan debt removal service. If you're tired of paying loans with extremely high interest rates for $1,500, you can eliminate it forever. That's right, forever. Using accounting principles along with the consumer protection laws, we can put an end to your student loan. With our help, you can even become an official government contractor. Purchase products for the government. Price the product with the 20% margin included. Locate a supplier for a specific product. Then track supplier shipment. Dagger Squad Inc. guarantees 100% success as clients are assisted by top business professionals such as Brother Garfield Reed, Sister Monica Lamb, and Sister Cheryl Stevenson. Our goal is to financially empower members of our community so we can all see a better tomorrow. If you or someone you know needs to put a dagger through their finances, give us a call at 1-800-518-2817, extension 901. That's 1-800-518-2817, extension 901. Or check out our website at www.daggersquadinc.com. That's www.daggersquadinc.com. like that. I ain't it has to be like that. I'm just saying that sometimes you may have to go on baby steps. Let me get this straight. Let me let me just get this straight. Say that again. You think the number one thing, and, and we lie about it, but this is our little pre-talk we do. So you actually think that um, say it again, because I respect I think the more. most important thing mm-hmm. is to let go of these belief systems, no matter okay. what it is. Okay. That is the number one important thing, in my opinion. Okay. You know, and then for some people, you know, I mean, that may not be as, uh, I guess you could say, as in tune with where their people came from, like where we came from in Africa, you know, learning a little bit about the various tribes, learning about their history, learning about, you know, their contributions to the world, learning about what happened down there, you know what I mean, before the foreigners got there and when they got there. You know, I mean, that may like that may be too much at once. You may have to take it one step at a time. Let's get them. Let's get them off the belief systems first, then ease them into that. Because some black people may not have may not be as engrossed into 
that type of, uh, I guess you could call it as um, that topic as they probably should be. Hmm. What do you think, Unbiased uh, Sport? I mean, you know, if, if she's saying that that woman is a gateway to, you know, if she's a good um, source to, to get rid of the religion, then that, you know, and then she's saying after that, you know, they could direct them towards you or sort of, you know, a channel's like yeah. yeah, I don't got a problem with that. Hmm. Hmm. So, since we went through the transcontinental kidnapping trade, right? And the main function of slavery is to dominate you physically, mentally, and socially. And then some would add spiritually, right? It dominates you and it remakes you. It erases you, right? It erases you, literally. Uh, it, it, it makes it illegal to understand the who, the what, the when, the where, and the why. That's what slavery do. And they like to start from a, a blank slate, right? And they remake you and they reform you through the generations that they got in slavery. And so we're really a living example of that. We're, we're coming up on the other side, you know? Um, you know, we're not too far from, uh, I, took, I took my children down uh, to see Martin Luther King. And you know, we got some nitwits that's talking about, well, Martin Luther King ain't shit. I wouldn't have did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The man died. Man died, you know, fighting for his people and fighting for the rights of human beings, period. You know what I'm saying? And that's more than most niggas going to do. You feel me? That's more than, that's more than ninjas going to do in a whole lifetime. We're talking about Martin. So when a person get a life, I mean, for something they believe in, Right? And man, you got to let them do that. Back on the point, though. So I respect the other atheist groups, right? But they always kick me out of their groups. They kick me out of their groups faster than some of the white people do. And the question is why? The question is why? Because, yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't give you a chance to speak because they somehow think that being an atheist means you gotta disrespect Africa and throw away Africa. That ain't that ain't what that is. So you never see white people give up their culture. They might give up the beliefs within their culture, but they don't give up their culture. Sup, Lord Onyx. Black African power. All right, man. <laughs> they don't they don't give up their beliefs. I mean, my fault, they give up their beliefs, but they don't give up their culture. And you never hear them bang on their culture like that. How come when 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 we, you know, consider ourselves non-believers, right? Or atheists, that we gotta do it the way they do it. Right. Like I like 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 I never understood that. Like for me, for these babies right here. The most important, one of the most important things, right, is for them to grasp who they are, right? I'm putting back into their memory of who they are. You know how serious that is? You know why people are so comfortable, right, in America? Because they know who they are. 
I'm not saying know who you are will automatically make things better. But what it, what it will do is it will unlock your mind, right? Free you up on some things. You know, show you that you're really connected to something, that it didn't just all start here in America. You know, like, because, you know, when, 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 when these babies come into the world, man, they're basically coming into a white-dominated world, a white male-dominated world. That's basic 101. And they see what they see. And they go to school and they watch TV and all these things are being bombarded into their minds as their minds develop. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a circuit breaker in there some damn way. The circuit breaker for the download is knowing who you are. Who was on the juice Yeah, and, and that's why we are confused as far as what to read. A lot of us want to read business books. A lot of us want to read science, you know, different type of studies. But then some of us want to learn our language, you know, uh, a bunch of African language. The job will teach us, you know, the Chef Menometer. So we're, we're kind of set back trying to learn who we are. And we're, we're trying to decide, should we just do business? Should we just do science? You know what I mean? So it's, it's like. White folks are not worried about that. Like they know who they are, so they can focus on what need to be right now. And like we're confused what to read right now and what to put our time in. So white people get theirs, um, whether you like it or not, in the school systems. And she brought that beautiful newborn. Feel me? Is that me playing that? That's me. Oh, why are you doing that? Y'all get the, y'all understand that, right? If you go to public school systems or any school system in America, right? You're getting a cultural perspective of history through the lenses, you know what I'm saying, of the dominant culture. And that's okay. Like, like, what the hell would you expect? The problem is when you expect it to be more than that. See, that's the problem. See, you expect it to be more than that. When it never was going to be more than that. No more than you let somebody be in your household, right? come in your household and you change it up for them. You wouldn't do that. So you couldn't expect them. You, you'd be thinking this is your house. It's not your house, man. You feel me? This is, this, you didn't, you, although you took this with them, because yeah, you know, black people fought in all the major wars. Yeah, you know what I mean? You you did that, right? But when it comes to the what they teaching, man, they, it's not designed to focus on black people. Now, since we're an integral part of you know what I'm saying? Those story in America is right. You know what I'm saying? They tell a story. And, you know, they, for the most part, they start off with slavery. You know what I'm saying? And then they, they give you a month. We call it Black History Month. You know what I'm saying? They do that. But, 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 but it has to be some type of homeschooling going on, like the Koreans do, like the Jewish people do. Like, like, like you got to know that. You can't expect them. That's not their job to do that, man. And I never expected them to do that. You know, they try. They 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 uh they put Kwanzaa up now. So if you go into the schools, elementary schools during those holidays, they have Kwanzaa. Uh, they had that other Jewish holiday. They have Christmas. You know what I'm saying? And they give it all even play. They do that. They uh yeah. I sent you that um the first part of the Curtis calls Dr. Phil Valentine. Okay. All right. So my point is that just because you don't believe, right, doesn't mean you have to forget where the hell you came from. I'm saying, sis, for me, the foundation of what we're doing here, right, is one, 
Figure out who the fuck you are in this world. Excuse my language. Figure out who you are in this world. Know who you are in this world and where you stand and how you got here. And once you get that, right, then you can move forward. I ain't saying you got to do it all day, every day, but have an understanding, right, of who you are. Know who you are so you can stand up tall, right? So I knew I was from an early age. I never forget it. Me and my cousin was, but and you know, man, man, shout out to my cousin, man. He's no longer with us. Feel me? But I remember we was talking, man. We been about, we might have been about three or four, five, maybe, right? Five, six, five, somewhere in there, six, some, you know. And um, and I might have said something. We was talking about light skin, something, and you know. And I might have made a statement, well, you know, shit, nigga, I'm lighter than you or something, right? So, you know, you don't understand it, but that might have been a statement I made. I'm not quite sure. But somewhere in there, and he was like, what? Nigga, I'm back and I'm proud. I'm black and I'm proud. I'm like, oh, shit. Now, when he said that, it just, I was like, that's interesting. But he, what he was showing me was, at that age, that, you know, like, man, I'm just proud of my damn color, no matter what color it is. Okay, you don't lie to me, nigga, what that mean? And it was a good lesson for me. So early on, right, just being around my cousins and, and, and family members, I just got a, a, a whole different uh, grasp. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, in my family, it was about knowing who you was, whether they was Christians or not. And I ain't had no stock Christians in my family, but they was Christians, right? But it was a different type. Like my father didn't believe in none of that. Non-believer, not trying to hear That's something your mother do. My mother was like, well, you know, you can believe what you want to believe. I believe in the Bible. I'm not saying everything in the Bible is true. So I had that type of foundation. But, but I knew who I was, man. And I was proud of who I was. So whenever I went through a situation, right, I knew who I was. Whether it was I was strung out on drugs, you know what I'm saying? Whether it was I was getting locked up, whether it was I was getting shootouts, it was, I knew who I was. That's why I'm sitting here right now today because I knew who I was. Okay? And it shouldn't take you your whole life to know who the hell you was. And once you know who you are, then you can figure out what you need, right? Like, like, like you were saying, bro, like business, you know, we business. Now, of course, you, you need to be well rounded. If, if, if America teaches you anything, our babies have to be well-rounded. So if you just black allergy your kids are fucking deaf, they're going to die. They ain't not going to make it. Oh, the white man's a devil. Black people did everything. That, man, they're in a world where, 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 where they're going to get exposed. They're going to get exposed. So, so, sis, basically what I'm saying is, Right, I'm not knocking the other atheist groups. I've just never been accepted in those groups because I feel like that this atheist right here is just as important as Stephen Hawkins in them. This goddamn John Jackson, you know what I'm saying? I feel like this atheist right here, this Dr. Ben is just as important. You feel me? As any other white atheist. And that's not throwing no shade. That's just saying, like, man, what we teaching got to be relatable. It's got to relate to the babies. What I look like, you know what I'm saying? They're going to get a bombardment of uh, white TV shows, you know what 
teach whiteness, but our, as African-American parents, right, it's our job to create a balance in the situation. It's not their job, right? So for me, knowing who you are is the most important thing. Right, and then you start dealing with your belief system. What well, I don't believe, or well, I don't believe that in African spirituality. All oh, that's mad dope. But if you don't know who you are, man, you don't get tricked, man. That's all I'm trying to say, sis. So now I ain't never been able to function properly under the banner of those black atheist groups, right? Because they they don't want to hear what I gotta say. So that uh, you know what I'm saying, like, come on, man. Seriously. Just wanted to say that, sis. Yeah. I mean, I said I agree with you, but I'll say this much on um on all that that you said. Um, the only reason why I said what I said before in that order is because a lot of the religious belief systems that we as black people get attached to, it can affect how you know who you are. And I'll give you an easy example. The Hebrew Israelites, Mm -hmm. the black Hebrews, because they are stuck in this religious belief system, these mother flowers are denying that they're African. That, that, that would be one example that we could use right there. You know what I mean? That's why I was saying that, Hey, for a lot of black people, not everybody, but for a lot of black people, yes, we may have to get rid of, the religion first. They may have to find a group where they can be with other atheists so they can um, be on a better understanding on that front so far as knowledge goes and then go to the next step. Because when you're still in those religions, you know, it can kind of affect your your logic and your, um, your logical thinking and also what you believe when it comes to a lot of these pseudo ideologies that take hold in the community. And they can have you thinking that you everything but African. Oh, I'm Indian. Oh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Hebrew. Oh, I'm Asian. You know, that's why I said what I said, but for the most part, I agree with you. I mean, I don't know if it's a right or wrong, you know what I'm saying? But I I just don't see no value. Who you like, all right? Huh? I'll talk to CK. Stand strong with who you like. Don't let um, um No, I'm not, man. Get out of here. No, he's right. He's right. I agree with him. I'm just I was just I was just explaining why I said what I said. No, I no, you stand strong as you want. You feel me? I'm by a sport, but the situation is hold on, the reality of the situation is that I think they do a pretty good job pushing us away from who we are. Like, like seriously, like I think, I think the culture itself does an excellent job of making sure you're thoroughly integrated. I think they do a good job on that, bro. Like, we don't need to pile on. I think it's piling on. I think it's really piling on when you become an atheist and just start saying "fuck Africa." That shit don't make no sense. They back. I think that's piling on to me. Just you know, just for me. Seriously, like, 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 like I've never heard that uh, black people, you know, actually gave your opinions. Uh, 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 that inoculation. Like, when the last time you heard that, bro? Like, you're not gonna find that in the literature. Nah, it's in the school. It's in the universities, though. Yeah, I about to say, scientists teach that. Nah, no, they don't. Oh, yes, they do. Nah, 
Mm-mm. No, you know the universities in find it, but it's not it's not something you gotta wait till February to catch it, maybe. Maybe. Bruh, scientists teach that openly. Okay, so openly that you ain't never heard it. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't we don't hear anything that scientists teach, you dig? They teach stuff and then the information goes where it goes, and the, like you said, the school system doesn't put that in the books, but it's but the scientists teach it though. That's a different, I mean, I get what you're saying. That's like the scientific consensus and all that. Like, yeah, right. That's not intentional. Yeah, because we're in the public, though. I'm saying in the public domain I, where our I kids and we all live. I got a question for CK. Yeah, I'm listening. Are you still on that socialism stuff? So you're changing the topic now. <laughs> he no, said socialism I'm, stuff. Yeah. Now you can't be a socialist. Shout out to the chat room. Oh yeah, I forgot. Peace to the chat. And I'm not typing in the chat because I'm banned on banned on dagger swats. So you mean you can't let me get this straight. Yeah, how you okay, sis, show me right now how I get you out out of jail. I, I sent it to, I sent you like three three minute yes, videos on how make, to do this. It make no sense. And it I explained cool. it. No, it didn't. Hey, I'm gonna my when you're on your computer, you go to the upper right-hand corner on YouTube, and then from there you go to Creator Studio. From there, yeah. once you go to Creator Studio, slow it down, you go to slow community it down, studio. slow it down, slow it I'm down. In, I'm in the upper right-hand corner. I'm gonna go to your channel. Let me see. You ain't gotta go to my channel. It, it would be on your, your channel. channel. Okay, now wait, I, hold on. I'm looking for the Creator Studio. I don't see it yet. But you gotta realize that I can make. I can comment on your videos because the only person that can ban someone is the channel, the, the channel owner or the admin. But when you have mods that just be banning people indiscriminately, <laughs> oh, that's Sean. They can ban them from the live that's chat. Sean. Oh, that's Sean. Dr. Yaya, we love you. Now, how I got banned from Dagger Squad's channel the other day ago when you were debating, uh, who are you talking to? Oh, Garfield had you come on his stream or whatever, and then Sinetta was talking greasy in the chat. And I just said, hey, you know, why you got to act so immature? And immediately after I typed that, I got banned from the live stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I was like, dang. NBK say you Asiatic, he ain't African. Yeah, well, that's that stuff Rob Bourne on. Rob Bourne ain't on that. The Asiatic black man. Yeah, man, that's part of his lessons. You All got, I got to say is what that DNA it. test say. Take that out the lessons. You got to update the lessons. Peace, Zane. I say the same thing that I say to them people that think that they're Indians. What does that DNA test say? Hey, yo, Sean said he ain't banning anybody. I don't know, Sean. I don't know, man. I didn't say Sean banned me. I, I think I know what when I got banned. But why, I have no idea. Just because I disagreed with somebody, but I wasn't talking crazy. <laughs> my mind, but I'm polite. Hmm. Got somebody, Nicholas Herman. Nicholas Herman says, "Stop calling the elders pseudo." I personally think they have teaching what they know or think that was right part of the mean. What? Okay, deceptive. They have put a lot of work into be at what? Man, you gotta write that better, bro. You gotta proofread that shit, man. All right. Hold on, man. Fast. Hold on. Deceptive. They have put a lot of work in to be at the stage 
I get, I don't know. We say are. I guess they are, and still got a long way to go. Yeah, I ain't listening to that. A long, a long way to go. They about ninety years old. <laughs> yeah, I ain't listening. I mean, I think it's no different than anybody. You know, you can be I thankful ain't. for the good that they've done, but you gotta hold them responsible for the misinformation. Yeah, I, ain't that, man. I don't want the past. Don't give me the past. I don't want the past. How about that? So y'all already know, bang on me. Yeah. But as long as we got that straight, y'all already know. If I'm talking, let's talk, start talking about spooks and all that. Start talking about shit that's, that's changed up. And see, keep talking about bang on me. Is that mine? Is that mine? I'm doing that? Nah, that's some pies. Come on, yo. Come on, I'm biased. Bro, I'm trying to get the Phil Valentine thing straight. That's what headphones are for, sir. Multi-tab. I'm going to mute. Yeah, put on mute. All right, hold on, sis. She said go to the what? Oh, goodness. When you're on your YouTube channel, you got to go in the upper right-hand corner. I'll say uh, Creator Studio. Man, I ain't seeing this shit right but there. But I don't know. Things could have changed since then. No, it ain't changed. Let me see what I can find. And then when you go there on the left-hand side, it'll say Community Settings or something like that. When you go to there, that's the same oh, area. I sent you like three videos. Yeah, that's okay. And now that shit showed me what I need. It's showing you how to do that. And then you got to type. You can either type the person's name in or you can just search for them under the list of banned people. Because I don't think a mod can unban somebody unless you give them permissions to do so. Yeah, I'm banned on your live stream chat. Tag a squad. Right, earned it. Oh, with that black atheist shit. Nah, <laughs> playing with you, yo. I know. I used to see the creators too. <laughs> they were on the right side. <laughs> uh, live video, watch the history, tending videos. I'm gonna get you in here, man. You say creative studio. I see your channel, Mark. That ain't it. All right, if I'm at the channel, I got customized channel, YouTube studio. That ain't what you say. Um, yeah, no, about I, I went to the about okay, about um, man, this is ridiculous. I gotta get Sean on here. Where you at, Sean? You got the link, Sean? I know, no, Sean hmm? I literally sent you three videos and explained it in the same <laughs> message. Whatever, yo. Yeah, you just trying creator to... studio to go to community settings. Yeah, I can't even creator. find a creative studio, man. Let me I ain't... in the upper right hand corner. If you're on your computer, I don't Boy, think you can do it on your phone. Yeah, I ain't mad about that. I got customized. I got but they could have changed the settings where, where they are over the years because those videos were kind of old. Man, you got Community channel, playlist, video, home, for attending, customized channel. Maybe that. All right, customize the channel. You say, and do you go to where? Community settings. Wow. Nope. You won't get unbanned tonight, boy. Unless somebody come in with the with the bang bang boom. Man, all the mods gonna hit ban at the same time. Block ban. Denial oh, service. I got it. I had to do it this way. Okay, create a studio. Okay. Dang. Yeah, because it kind of changed up a little bit. All right. 
Yeah, and like I said, they could have changed it where where it's located at because those videos right. I sent you, like I said, are kind of old, like All two right. three years old. All right, hold on, hold on y'all. We gonna get it cracking up ahead. Shout out to Antonio Brown. Yeah, when you click on your yeah, they moved it. It's not like a separate icon like it used to be before. Yeah, yeah, I figured it out. Okay, you want me to go here? Now, but well, once I get this credits to you, now what? On the left hand side, it should be something that says community settings. Gotcha. Hold on. Classic. Hmm. All right, which so is basically it would be it would be under settings, then you go to community. Oh, right, I got it, community. Look at me teaching people how to do stuff. Yeah, they change they change the thing though. They change yeah, okay. it's not like how it used to be. So those right, videos yeah. that I sent you were right, out. Now what? Now what? <laughs> okay, main community, now what? Um Then hey, I guess. Hey, y'all, MBK said yeah, you need a new, the old Apple first computer. Oh, Lord and mercy. All are too much. So I think it should be, I don't know if you just typed the person. Right in here, moderator, let me see. Hidden users, is that what it oh. is? That's what it is, right? Yeah. You put, you're in, you're in a hidden user thing. All right. I'm like that. All right, let me see your damn name, man. So you can copy and paste the channel of the um, Lotus. <laughs> of the user. Yeah, Lotus. Yeah, that's how about you me. add your mods and stuff. What's your name on here? Same thing? It should be. I mean, it's not the original name, but it should work. What is your name? CK the, the poet. All right. Excuse us, y'all. We doing this in real time. Real time. All right, see if you can get on there now. I don't know. It may not show on uh it may not show on uh this stream. It may have to like I may have to wait till the next time you go live or something. No, there's no such thing as that. You just made that up. <laughs> I'm just assuming. Did you type? Did you try to type? Yeah, I did. What happened? What did it say? Nothing. Oh, maybe. Maybe what? Is it working? That way I can get out of here. I'm free. <laughs> oh, we got a lot, boy. Damn, I ain't never blocked this many people. What the hell? That's your mods doing there. Y'all, you need to talk to your mods, man. They indiscriminately banning people, man. They say one man, thing they don't like. Got mad bodies, yo. Yeah, you man, got mad bodies. They pulling, <laughs> they pulling the sniper rifles out, man. Yeah, certain, certain dudes just definitely not getting out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, freedom of speech. As long as they ain't cussing people out. Yeah, as long as they ain't, as long as they ain't being disrespectful. I ain't playing all that. All right, so, okay, so we got that whole smell in about the atheism. Why is it when black people become atheists, all of a sudden, 
you be anti against these the damn people. That's crazy as hell, man. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that makes sense. But shout out to Antonio Brown. He's moving on to his second team after totally disrespecting the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, I like the way he did that. He go hard. He don't play. Yeah, yeah, he go hard. All right. So you know, we be thinking he crazy. He ain't crazy. He going where he want to go. He got them. He got them marching, marching to his drum. Because they know in a little bit, by the time you get 34, they're going to start having a march. So you might as well get in while you can. So he getting in while he can. Huh? He sure as hell is. All right. Now, can I get back to where we at? Can I get back to it? Let's see. You should be in there, Sean. Yeah, we have peace in the chat. Peace to our panelists. What's good, everybody? How y'all doing? You should be back. And Tavo said I get banned a lot. <laughs> yeah, you be, yeah, yeah, yeah. You be coming with that. You get people mad. All right, so I think we want to start off with, what's going on there, Sean? How you doing, bro? Hey, uh, NBK, Daryl said he want his, he want his wrench back. Oh. NBK, he said he wanted his wrench back. Somebody stole it. His whip back? His wrench, man. His his, his moderator wrench. Oh, somebody took the wrench off him? I don't know. Who Only you can do that. Only, exactly. Don't be taking him by a wrench. I never gave you a hey, wrench. Nah, 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 nah. He never got one on his channel. He never got one on his channel. I ain't never got one. Yeah, I ain't kicking nobody out. I don't kick people out, yo. Now, they this got a new, yeah, this is a new channel. He never got it was on the other one that got shut down. Yeah, you gotta be real disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, get me. You gotta get me mad. You gotta do like Black Lotus did. You know what I mean? Just just get beat up unmercifully and keep, and keep acting like that ain't what is what's going on. Man, I don't think Black Lotus got you as mad as that uh Camario did dude got you mad on Oh Garfield channel the other day, man. I, I was at work though. yelling at my phone, man. I wasn't mad though. Y'all keep thinking I'd be mad. Yo, I just I'm just I, I just know when to bully somebody to fuck up. Nah, uh, I was mad. I'm tired of people playing on my I ignorance, was mad, you know, playing <laughs> on my ignorance, man. I'm tired of you. I don't care. I don't care how old you are. 70, 82, 56. 60, 19, 20. Do not play with my ignorance, yo. Do not play with me. Period. Oh, I, I do not my elder. Did you hear what? I ain't going I don't nowhere know with the none people of that. in the chat was watching that stream, but did y'all hear what this dude was saying? I was so lost. Like, my head was hurting so bad. Like, welcome oh to the God. land of move. I think that dude might have been worse than Lotus. I think he might have been worse than Lotus. Yeah, he was right this there. This fool said that the Indians in flipping Utah are Jews. I'm like, oh my God, is he the new Cambo Judah? Like, but for Indians now? <laughs> nah, one thing that we did accomplish out of that out of that whole stream what? is that we yeah, yeah, one of the major things that we accomplished with was that we two different people. Now we remember that. Remember that that becomes a little bit more to you, Sean. Yeah, we did, but yeah. that was the main thing. The main thing is that now we have established that 
we are African Americans and they are they are abos and the history that they are trying to claim is African American history. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You. So remember the the whole argument was that um yeah. You know, we are trying really to take their identity. Before. I don't right. know. What you say, Sean? What? They trying okay. to claim they trying to claim Native American history. Yeah, no, they, no, no, no. They trying True to story and went live that day and went into it a little right. bit more. Yes, they want to take all the accomplishments that black people in America have made. They want to claim those as their own. No, nah, they, they want to they want to do both. They want they want to claim Native American history, then keep all the good shit about black people. I mean, you fucking yeah. fuck me up right there. That's right. clearly. Now that I think about it, he's right. Yeah. Now that I think about it, he's right. They're trying to say that all the black people in America, those are actually Native right. Americans. Right, Native Americans. Yes, clear language, point. please. So they're claiming all the good that we all done. the good is there is theirs. Right, they trying to claim all the shit we did. No, they trying to, they, they, as, as African-Americans, they're trying to be Native Americans. That's the first point. Yeah. So they're yeah. trying to, they culture vultures. They take somebody else's culture. Yeah. Now, after they take somebody's culture, then they want to look back and say, all of us are that, right? And these are all the things we did. Yeah, a bunch of, bunch of nonsense. But I tell you what's clear, though, right? If you get the link and come on the show, come with your goddamn sources. And I think that, hey, hey, hey Jelanda, shout out to you. Why not you just say, Source up and shut up, Jelana. Was that you? That's all. Yep. Yeah. Source up and shut up. That's how we doing it. Because I'm not doing it. I got other stuff to do. I got I got a lot of other things to do. And I'm not sitting there and listening to your dumb ass <laughs> lecture. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I don't want to hear you flim flam, bam, bam, boom. I'm not going through all that. Nope. So I have no so that show right there, yo. I think we actually set a set a precedence. That's why I know y'all was looking at it. Why don't Unc just shut up? See, nope, Unc wasn't going to shut up. I'm going to go on a I was make sure shit was laid out. Before I got started down that long road, it would kill my whole day. You know what I'm saying? Can we, okay. hey, uh, can we have, can we talk about how it took a whole flipping hour for them to give one source? Right. What the hell they were talking about? When move, I was just, like I said, I was yelling at my phone. I'm like, why is it? T- why won't they just say where they're getting this information from? Either a, you're getting this information from a book, from an author. They get it. They get it from the dude. From Kamisi, what's his name? What's they the dude's name? Okay. Huh? What's the dude's name? This Camisio. That's where all the information Cam- comes. I think it's Camirio. Yeah, yeah. Ever since that stream and his shit is all of his videos keep getting recommended to me. He he uh he a cult leader. He created an Aboriginal cult. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hold up, this is Hispanic. Uh, who was that we was on the phone with yesterday, two days ago? Though? Oh, it was the abo, the fake, the fake bowls. Yeah, I'm talking about me and you. We was on the phone with an abo. No, they was they was on the Garfield show. No, I'm talking about me and you when you hit me up the other night. We was on the phone talking about nah, energy. Nah, 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 nah. He okay, was right. he, he practiced that's all the shit that Jabari didn't be saying. Okay. All right. So yeah, African American right. Egyptian. So let's get right to the show, man. Let's let's start off with scientific literacy. Let me put this in here real quick for y'all. All right. Um the crown can't cause a fumble. Go ahead. What you doing? <laughs> you looking at football? 
no, no. I got the scientifically literacy thing. Go, go ahead. What you what you want me to do? I want you. I want you to get the uh, scientific consensus. I think this is important. You get the scientific consensus. I'm gonna get the scientific literacy. A, hey, uh, I'm buying sport. I'm buying sport. Where you at? Yeah. Get the um, science for dummies. Oh yeah. All right. Get that. Um, I know you're feeling a little left out there, CK. No, I'm here. Get um. <laughs> I got something for you to get in a minute. Hold on. So let's start with scientific literacy, right? Um, so I think I hold on. Uh, what you want the consensus on? I just want you to get with a scientific consensus. Get that first. Okay, you want to know what the consensus is? I got you. Yeah, it, but it's it, it's a good ass read, right? So what we're gonna start doing here, since since you know science is really serious, and you know all we uh, you know I got a new rule. We're not gonna be talking over each other. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna allow fit. We're gonna do a fifteen minute period where you you do you can get it in like you want to get it in, right? And I put that in there specifically for uh, brother. So you know, I, you know, I want everybody to get a chance to do it the way they like to do it. But for us to make to continue to make headway, right? At some point, we got to make sure that we we got a system in place where where an audience listening can learn something. All right. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna get a little more order. What we do, but we ain't putting on no title. We ain't doing all that. But I just want to make sure the information get heard, right? And so you know, the title of the show is right. The hell the title of the show, Sean. Yeah. Why the community the title, is scientifically yeah. literate? I got it. Why the community is scientifically illiterate. So we got let, let's just start the foundation. Start with you. Uh sis. Why do you think the community is scientifically illiterate? I'm saying the conscious community now, because the African American community go with, you know, with the numbers say that basically, you know, the the the, the, the public. Basically, are scientifically illiterate to a lot of things. It's real hard is is hard, you know, to grasp. So, why you think that the conscious community is supposed to be based off of knowledge and wisdom is so scientifically illiterate? So, are we talking about the community as a whole, or just nope. specifically the conscious community? Yeah, because as a whole, no, as a whole, the black community probably falls somewhere along the lines of you know where everybody in America basically, because you know. Yeah, most people ain't scientifically literate, though. I mean, that that's the point we're going to get to. Just the conscious community is supposed to be knowledgeable. Because you're on the clock, you got a minute. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. On time. Um, well, I mean, I'm always going to keep going back to this. You know, even some people may disagree with me, but I would say that a lot of these belief systems play a role in um, into why people don't accept or agree with scientific studies, scientific discoveries, and just straight up facts. But you also have to deal with, you got that working against you in the um, in the community, and then two, people that get engrossed in these conspiracy theories, you know, because they sound cool. You know, so, and then you got people that are biased as well. They want things to be true. So even if there's so much evidence against it, they want it to be true. And then, you know, people allow themselves to get influenced as well by, you know, various ideologies and not even realizing that, you know, it's, it's not on point. It's not accurate. 
And then the final thing that I would say as well is that the educational system, you know, if you don't learn about logical fallacies, like really, I didn't get really taught nothing about logical fallacies until I got into college. So, you know, a lot of the, a decent amount of the population don't make it that far. So that that's working against you too as well. Just the lack of education and just not learning about certain things at a certain age, because as the education system get better, you're going to have less and less of, of a problem of people. Dumbo, being Ill, illiterate. Community. We ain't talking. That's what I'm saying. I, I think it apply. I think that same thing would apply to them as well. Cause they go to the same anti-school, right? They go into the same schools. Mm-hmm. So what's in the schools now is better than what was in the school when our grandparents were in school because more mm-hmm. information has been added. Things have changed. The, the mistakes that were made in the past have been corrected. So if you're spending the majority of your life going to work 40, 50 ish hours a week, you don't have time to know that, hey, this changed, that changed. You know, so it's just a lot working against 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 the really everybody, but in particular the conscious community. All right. How about you on bias sports? Yeah, well, I'm gonna blame that whole the, the black man is God era because I, I believe I believe that set us back. You know, we stopped trying to be great. We stopped seeking education because after all, you know, we're God. So at the very least, I'm better than everybody else because I'm God and they're not. Uh so that was the start of no more and like right right now, you know. Um, and, and that whole culture that I was a part of, Nation Islam, Five Percenters, nobody got a uh, education background. But we all trying. We're talking about we're scientists. We splitting atoms. Ain't nobody know goddamn thing about science. You know, we we hide mathematics, and none of us had a high degree on math. You know, but it sounds. <laughs> and, and you can't tell my man nothing. You know. So I'm blaming that whole that whole era right there. That that set us back 400 years. <laughs> okay. All right. What about you, uh, Sean? Um, the I believe the era that he's referring to would be the metaphysical era, the era after uh, Dr. Clark. Um, you know, all of them that whole lineup, Dr. Ben, all of them, because the era that came behind Dr. Ben and all of them, they said they were following a foundation that was set long ago that told us to be more scholarly, write articles, challenge white academia, all of these things. So in in doing all of that, we we started to believe more and the, the so-called metaphysics was a way to infiltrate, well, was a way to take people out of one religion and infuse them into a cult, a different style of a cult, I should say. And uh, the literacy issue began when we stopped having people write books. Now you still have people writing books, but it's garbage in those books. So when I say write books, I'm talking about on a scientific plane. I'm talking about something that can stand tested, 
that people can go in there and can pull from and can use 20, 30, 40, 100 years from now or update it and advance it further. That's on a scientific plane. What people, what people have been writing by some have not has not been on that level and i didn't say all i said by some but um i'm not gonna blame the black woman as god or <laughs> like unbiased. yeah pseudo um, was going on god. before that yeah god. it was going on yeah, yeah or black man but it was going on way before that because there's a person by the name of pascal that he was like the first yp and he was bringing pseudo so you know, we have to really be careful about how this thing was infused and what took us out of our way. Because we were on path. The bar was set really high. And then all of a sudden, we lowered our expectations and standards. <laughs> all right, let me get everybody in here real quick. All right, so you think we was on path and we got knocked off. <laughs> Hey, yeah, uh, did you read that science? Absolutely, man. I'm going to read it now. Right. Yeah, I'm going to read it after I give what, what I think real right. quick. Uh, I'm ready to read what I got. All right, hold on. Um, so, I, I, you know, shit. This is easy for me. Um, the conscious community was pseudo. So we don't even say what Dr. Clark and Dr. Ben was doing. We don't even call them. They're not the conscious community. They, they, they didn't start the conscious community at all. Conscious community would start out on 125th Street and on Blog Talk Radio. That's where the conscious community actually started. So you had Sonetta taking all the lectures, all the lectures. You had Sonetta interviewing anybody that would walk down the street and had a voice. So the conscious community was for people to get their voice out there. You didn't have to be a doctor, lawyer, you had to be nothing, just had something slick to sell out your mouth. Okay? Um, and then Coupled with that, you got the blog talks, right? And so, you know, like y'all, y'all ever heard of Chief Liberation, right? Uh, on the Chief Liberation show, shout out to Chief, right? You had me, Seti, Ishmael Bay, um, Chief Liberation, and a few other people that was on there, all right? And there was no other shows we could talk about the shit we talking about on blog talk. Wasn't none. All right, and then after that fell apart, then I had, you know, the Licky Love, Licky Love and Unk show, and she gave me my own show, The Conga by Religion. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't nothing else. And then some of them came on Blog Talk, but everybody came through. Everybody should come on the show. Everybody. Right? It fell, everybody should come through. Everybody. And that's really, you know what I'm saying, Conspiracy. Now, you had a show that was dedicated to real scholarship, and that was a Sahotep show back. There's strict rules, like we don't, like strict rules, right? That was, and he was talking about, um, you know, academia and stuff like that, right? So, you know, I was doing the best I can, because now at this point, I'm teaching myself, all right? But that's the real start of what y'all know of now, you know what I'm saying, as a conscious community, where everybody had a voice. So the conscious community, the foundation was that everybody had a voice and there were certain elders that had the biggest voice like the Phil Valentines, the Malachi Yorks, the Delbert Blairs, uh, you know, then you had Aswal Quazy, 
right? He was like, he, he was at the Dr. Ben, right? But you had, you had the, the, the elders, man, they was number one pseudos. No matter what y'all say, no matter how mad you get at me, I'm saying, man, listen, all right? Not trying to sound slick and hip, right? Because the hell, it was. Like, Bobby Hemmett, like, he was one of my favorites. You know what I'm saying? Bobby, he be like, y'all all right? Y'all all right? You know, that's how Bob hit you with it, right? He was talking about melanin and blah, 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 and had it, you know, you know, we was captivated by the way he was kicking it. You feel me? Zazil, that's another guy like, man, uh, uh, the Duke of Tears. You know what I'm saying? You had to build like, man, that it, it, it wasn't no, you didn't have to have a source. You just had to say it to slickers. And so, you know what I'm saying? I, I was used to following Dr. Ben and them, right? And I used to get frustrated because I got books and shit. Everything I'm doing is a book, a book, a book. Got my library behind me. And these niggas is out talking me. They talking extra slick. I think, uh, what's we call them called? They're Brooklyn Magic. They extra slick with bye, bye, boom, 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 you know, steady cussing everybody out real slick. I was like, dang. So it was a, it was hard trying to, I say, you know, I say, man, what? I said, them niggas is just talking, yo. They, they ain't got no sources. <laughs> they not showing me how they getting, where they getting it from. Nobody was. And I just, I was like, the hell with that. I'm a, my show is going to be based off of sources and references. That's how I learned it. So, man, listen, the conscious community is pseudo- Got it, honestly, man, because the very elders that you're hearing right now, they was right there. They was the leaders. They was pseudo as hell. So y'all can just get mad at me. I don't even care. I don't care because everybody got pseudo beginnings. So I don't care. Y'all just get mad. Um, throw me out the tribe then. Right? Just throw me out. But I, but I, I am saying, I used to listen to me and Asa. I used to get mad. I said, what the hell is Saul talking about over there? I listened to Asa. I was like, damn, these niggas is. Okay, all right, because I, you know, I like a little archaeology. I'm like, okay, I like something. I'm like, ah, can I see? I'm gonna fuck with him one day. I'm gonna really fuck with this dude right here, right? And and he would, he would, uh, and everybody would always come to my show and just listen. I'm doing the best I can do. They come. If the Hebrews try to jump me, a saw would help me, and then Jenny would reach out and help me. So so we just start beating up niggas together, and we kind of, I say, okay, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I know what to do. But man, the the whole I'm telling you, man, the whole community got it honest. That's why that's why it's a pseudo conscious community. We got it honest, yo. I ain't mad. Hell, if you go back far enough, let you go on my show, you like, damn, what what I'm saying? So we got it honest, man. It's a funny thing. So I know sometimes we go hard, right? But the reality is, man, look, we gotta stop that shit. So don't get mad at me if the damn or elders are pseudo. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me, man. Look, so I, I woke up and I realized that being woke was really sleepwalking. You know what I mean? So most people are sleepwalking, right? And we had that anti, we had that 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 black allergy kicking it hard. So so people asking that, well, oh, man, you kind of changed. I realized, man, that in, in my attempt to learn about something that was actually taken away from us, I overcompensated. Right. And that's where most people are. So you go from not knowing nothing to thinking you're knowing something and you start bashing, you know, the universities and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying not realizing that the universities, where is that? You, you'll say stuff like they're hiding out history from us. Now they're not hiding it from you. 
it's 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 in the libraries, it's in the museums. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 in the universities. So since we're not going to the universities enough, and even when we do go to the universities, right? We don't go to the libraries or the universities. It's not hidden. It's in you know how they hide something from you in plain sight. So if you want to say they hide some is. Hey, can right. I add on to that? Can I can I add on to that? And I also want to ask you. A no, man, let him finish, man. He just want to jump in real quick, don't you, Q? All right, go ahead, finish. My bad, bro. It looked like he was winding down, but go ahead. I'm winding up, goddamn it! You know how we do. <laughs> <laughs> Wind Listen, up so I'm, much you don't broke the, the crane. Yeah, look, I just want to make it. I just want to make it clear to everybody, right? That. That our community that we know of is pseudo as hell. We might as well just laugh about this shit. It's okay, like it ain't like you know, we 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 kick the word pseudo and pseudo signs, right? To the point where niggas get mad when you call them pseudo, right? It's funny as hell. You know what I'm saying? I did that on purpose. So people could take a look at this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, this nigga talking about. Okay, you know what I'm saying? And so in our attempt to learn about black people shit. We took the ignorant white people shit. We took their new age shit, man. The elders was really kicking the new age thing as opposed to dealing with science. So they said, that's the white man's science, all the elders, white man's science, right? And they gave us the dumb people, white people science. The, 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 not even science, but the new age shit. And they used the word science, new age science and new age. We, 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 we gravitate to all that. So, you know, this right here is dedicated to cleaning all that up. All right. So let me read this and I'm going to let you go outside the queue. I want to read what scientific literacy is so that we know what we're standing on around here. All right. So we stand on right here. And for all y'all to think that them niggas always think they're right about everything. It's not that we think we're right about everything. It's that you think we're right about everything and you can't get around it because you're using pseudoscience and we're using science. So scientific literacy real quick. All right, real fast. Shout out to the 84,000 people in the chat room. Scientific literacy is the knowledge and understanding of scientific concepts and processes. Watch this. Required for personal decision making. All right. Participation in civic and cultural affairs. Now, how in the hell is you going to understand who you are and where you came from if you're not scientifically literate to even participate in your cultural affairs and civic duties? Okay, and economic productivity. So we see right there what's going on. That our economic productivity is very low. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. So look, that's basically for the basic scientific literacy. I'm gonna put this in the chat room for y'all. And, and this is why we're never gonna lose against the pseudo. That's why it don't matter who I have a conversation with, who I debate, you know what I'm saying? They're not gonna win. You're not gonna do science is undefeated, you're not gonna get around it. It's just not. So go ahead. Side the cube. Come on, say what you got real quick for us. Yeah, yeah. Peace, peace, uh, peace to the panel, peace to the chat. Uh, this is brother outside the cube. But uh, to to answer your question, you know, uh, I think uh, what it really kind of stems from is single parent households. You know, when we talk about scientific illiteracy, and, you know, we can we can argue about you know why we have single parent households, but that's not really what I'm. Well, you know what the question is though. Yeah. What's the question? Why, why do we have scientific illiteracy? 
No. Why is the conscious community scientifically illiterate? You think it's a single household? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, okay, well, I can answer that the same way. <laughs> I don't know. You got a minute, dog. <laughs> you got a minute. We'll, Go ahead. We'll check it out. Late eight, during the 1800s, after we were freed from, you know, slavery and all that good stuff, there were both parents in the home. You know, people were still believing in some crazy Well, we'll, we'll see, you know, but we talk about the conscious community of today, correct? Just the only one conscious community. Okay, but we're talking about the current form of the conscious community today, right? No, this is there was no other form, yo. You, you're looking at it. Dr. Ben John Henry Clark, but there was no conscious community. They was dealing with scholarship and academia. They was like teaching the universities and shit. Difference. Go all ahead. Right, so, all right, cool. So, if you're asking why the, the scientific, I mean, excuse me, the conscious community uh, lacks scientific literacy, mm-hmm. my opinion on that is mm-hmm. because single parents. Now, when you have single parents, you have one, lack of funds. Mm -hmm. Number two, you have lack of exposure. Mm -hmm. Number three, you have the lack of children going to colleges, which actually would expose them to a lot of these things, like you mentioned, of going to these libraries and reading things and and knowing, beginning to know certain things or even try to further knowledge of what they have. Oh, Oh, excuse me, of what's available out there. So what we then have is, in turn, since we don't have access to these libraries and things of that nature, we begin to try to figure things out on ourselves. So f- figure out things by ourselves. So by trying to figure out things by ourselves, we come from that church background. So we begin to use the same things, the pseudoscience from the church and the Bible, and we use we we begin to use that, you know, by we begin to use the our, our church upbringings to try to explain the universe and telling people that melanin exists and, you know, black man is God, all of the same things y'all, you guys mentioned, you see what I'm saying? So that's just kind of my take on it. But if you notice, especially when it comes to atheism, black people are, they have the least amount of people percentage wise of who are atheists. All right, hold on, that's another, we're not gonna get into that, that's something different. We just wanna know about that. Hold that, we're gonna table that. Gonna okay. Keep... All right, so all right. Wait, Sean. Anybody else want to add to that before we move? Yeah, I, I think the um, I think we need to stop calling it the conscious community. Okay. I think that's the problem. You know what I mean? We we calling um uh uh illiterate community <laughs> conscious. I mean, it, it it really comes down to reading and comprehension, and I don't even think they astute enough to read books. Um, on a scholastic level, you know, I don't think they have the attention span. That's why I watched Sinetta the other night and um, some guy in Dr. Phil Valentine held 400 people captivated with just talking complete um, nonsense. Like, and the whole chat was, they was tuned in, but I bet you they couldn't read a book like that. You know what I mean? But they could listen to all of that nonsense, you know, for two and a half hours. So. Mm. <laughs> right. There's a, a big difference to add to, to the, the problem is the fact that um, he's, he's correct. They're not reading books at all. They, they don't have the time. They say they don't have the time to read the book and to actually study. 
And no, uh, I wouldn't call this a conscious community. It's a social joke. Um, this this uh, thing that we're calling the conscious community is very, first of all, what is consciousness? You know what I mean? They can't even, if you ask them that, they're going to say, oh, I'm in the know. I'm woke. Um, my third eye, I'm elevating. They're all of these, they're going to say all these out of reality style of things. Some people. And then you're going, you're going to ask someone who's literate, who reads. Um, they're going to look at, no, this, th- these people are not conscious at all. They're still in the belief. They don't know. How, how do you claim you know something? Oh, I have knowledge of self. You don't know you don't because you're confused. You're still perpetrating a fraud. Still, you left one fraud and now you're perpetrating another fraud and you infuse the fraud that you left into the new fraud that you just assumed is what it's supposed to be. And it's not. So I I have a. Um, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not calling none of these people conscious. I understand that um, at the head at the at the head of all of this, you know, Psy exposed a lot of people to a bunch of things that were not required, which was very unscholarly. And I agree. I, I, I'm not I'm, if if you can't put me into this conscious community, I'm outside of that. Because I do things that are outside of the expectations of what is labeled as today's conscious community. Uh, you know, writing, reading, researching, studying, you know, taking classes, you know, all of these things. That that is unconscious to do. <laughs> so no, these are uh, you got that source right there for scientific consensus, right? Correct. So, you know, when you start using words like consciousness, that is the conscious community, though. That's what y'all got to get, talking about the, con- remember the consciousness and all that. In, in science, there is no, like, like consciousness. Right. Like, 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 that's not scientific term. That's not what scientists say. That's not what science says. And science studies everything about the natural world. So, hey, that's the new, you get, you, now watch what I'm saying. That's a new title. And really, it's a black, the conscious community is really the black new age movement. Y'all get that? I agree. I agree. Yeah. Y'all got it. Now y'all grasping it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. All the black, all the elders, they're teaching the new age shit like Jabari and they current unks this goddamn big. They wasn't doing that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, look at all the stuff they're doing. Like, really, that's part of the new age. Chakras, they're not denying chakras. Uh, Infidesi with the rocks. Right? And y'all think I'm being funny. Understand that's a crystal healing. It's part of New Age movement. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, every time you say it, it is funny. But I mean, you know, if a DC and people is going to go back and tell them, man, y'all look me in my face. Look me in my face, right? I'm not dis- That's not disrespecting nobody. You know what I'm saying? That's that, that's where you at, Chief. You should get on, yo. That's not, I'm not disrespecting nobody, y'all. That's, I mean, nah, you're not. And that's not the totality of what he actually sells. Like Infidisi got a table. I bought stuff from uh, Infidisi before in New York. I they they in New York, right? Huh? huh? Yeah, they the home of the pseudo. Yeah, in New York. All yeah, right, I got, got Infidisi book. I hey, when you leave Baltimore, huh? 
What, what, uh, about what year did you leave Baltimore? Uh, in 2000. In 2000. All right, check this out. You know Sojourner Douglas College, right? Yeah. Yeah, huh. like in the late 80s, early 90s, they did a lecture um, tour where they was bringing um, uh, Naeem Akbar, um, mm-hmm. Dr. Ben, you know what right. I mean? Yeah, um, I seen all of them. I remember they brought all of them. My father used to take me, right? Conscious heads, you talking about the barbershop conscious head? That that your conscious views. Conscious views, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they picked it up in the mid-90s. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And started doing it. But in the late 80s, mm-hmm. early 90s, Sojourner Douglas had a program where they was doing it. And they was um uh along with Coppin. Coppin State University on North Avenue. They, you know, they was bringing all of these speakers and, and lecturers over there. So people in Baltimore got hip to that, you know, real quick. You know what I mean? And it, But then it just died off. And then all these tapes from um, uh, New York. New York. New York and all of them, you know, start surfacing. Um, What's the guy's name? Uh, um, That was on sign that the other day. Phil Valentine. Phil Valentine, all these tapes and DVDs started to come to Baltimore. But before then, you know what I mean? Uh, like Conscious Views and um, Sojourner Douglas and Coppin was bringing these people to Baltimore and we and giving us real good information. So Yeah, they start running out of real good information. Don't start making up. They start making up shit that, you know, people start wanting more. Right. Right. At, at that point, you're supposed to start building a community. You get my point? Mm-hmm. So we're in a perpetual one more information, and that's what the conscious community thing be more. Well, hey, Sean Rico said, hey, 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 Nick, what's this? Nicolo. That's Vasa. Vasa, you want to say something? Got a damn hand raised. Yeah. Got your hand raised. Can I be heard? Yeah, I don't like being disrespectful. I, I come with a different purpose. But can I be heard? Uh-huh. Yeah, we hear you, Vasa. <laughs> okay, peace, peace to the panel. I think a good place to start would be with the man who coined the term science and why he did it. And I put a link in, in the chat in here. His name is William Well. Will Well. Prior to this, we have to remember that all of these fields of thought was under the umbrella of philosophy, which is coined in with religion. Up until the 1920s, um, we don't really have anything that we would know today as modern celebrities. So all our prestigious figures in history are associated either with nobility, clergy, and that's pretty much it. These would have been the leaders of the community. After the 1920s, you start seeing more independent thoughts with the birth of what we now call celebrity. With that being said, a lot of people are still seeking the prestige of, um, let's just say, um, awareness a lot of these people are just trying to build followers so what else are they going to build on other than what everybody's already engaged with at the moment we've got to remember that science is still a new field of thought as far as historically proof it didn't start being called this field until the 1840s oh would you say this stop being called what so uh, field of school, school of thought, until William Wellwell coined the term science. And what do you want? Give me that. Give me that. It, it's in, in the, the chat. In the chat Zoom. Huh? It's in the chat in the Zoom. 
And what he did was he he was a polymath. He understood theology. He understood what we call you know, a lot of the prestigious science CK mute. of the day. What he did was he wanted to separate a lot of the confusion. He wanted to separate the philosophy from what we now call actual science. What can we actually prove? What is actual facts that we can back up? But prior to that, everything was taught from a philosophical perspective when we're looking at these natural phenomena. So even in that, we still have to understand on the world stage, science is still somewhat new in the sense of that. And a lot of people are still under the umbrella of philosophies and the two mesh but they do create confusion. So as we're trying to weed this out, this is where history becomes, as so many have come before us and said, our best ally. Even in sports, you know, we compare the past to now. When you go into a doctor, the first thing they ask is everything about your medical background. So a lot of it is people are looking at history. Well, what do most of them know to look at history as? They know how to look at it from a religious aspect. And that blurs the lines of what we're trying to get done as we're trying to move forward. I don't want to get too long when this, so I'm going to mute back out. But I think that's a key figure that we should start from is William Miller. Well. Well, uh, question. Ahead. So you're going to ignore the scientific racism? No, I'm not doing that at all. But, you know, that's you know, pride. You know that's, that's pride. You're going to ignore Charles Darwin, Albert Churchwood? They was Victorian scientists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's I'm just, I'm just, I'm just I, I, I was, I was bringing him up strictly for the word science itself. Let me see that source real quick. So you don't think they was calling them? So you okay? So you let's do this. So Charles Darwin, they was calling them naturalists. Yeah, pretty mm -hmm. much. It would have been natural philosophy at that time, and that's why I said it. Uh, no, 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 no. They wasn't saying natural. They was calling them naturalists. Naturalists. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. saying it wasn't saying the philosophy because remember the Greeks separated that it went from philosophy to science because the word science is a Greek word you know that right? Hmm. I haven't seen that one and I know that there's there's more there's more. No, to I'm, just, I'm, I'm just I'm no, just no, 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 what, what I'm saying there is more etymology to it. What I'm saying as far as introducing it mainstream. Um, I don't know, man. Darwin and it was kind of they was look up scientific racism. They was kind of they was they was considered. Let me read your source for a minute. Hold on. Hey, Hold on. Hey, but was they what uh, was we reading that now or writers, contemporary writers writing um on Darwin and them calling it scientific racism? It's a possibility. Let's hold on. Hold on. Let's see. Let me look. Let me look in the chat real quick. Let me see if you got that, bro. Because his article saying this dude coined the term scientific. And a couple other terms. They wasn't really used before him. Why do you say scientific or because science? He was using the word scientific. I think science came out of what he was using. So um, scientific, huh? No, no, no. Here's what it is. Uh real well contribute the term scientists, uh, physicists, linguists, linguistics, consilience. Right. Mm -hmm. Catastrophism, uniformitarianism, it's all all of these words are coming out of him. He's coining words. Yeah, the word not what not was science, being done. Not yeah, not what not what's being done. Um, the words. Right. I know. But they right, right. 
So, but not science. I thought he was saying science. Science. No, 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 no. The word. Man, listen. Yeah. Do you read the word right there? Scientist is different mm-hmm. from science. So I hope you. I hope you. Correct. So he coined. So he was using the term scientist and physics, physicists and linguistics. Right. Correct. Not science. Not the word science. No. Okay. That's different from what he said. What, where you at, bro? What you say? You said science. Did you say that? Yeah, but the way they teach it, like I, I learned him actually in school. And this is how um, I just had a mind blank. Uh, when you see your have that the age of not the age of discovery, the other uh, term they use for it. Um, forgive me for going blank right now. But when they come into to the scientific reality, uh, right before your uh, techno your, your technological age. You you have uh, Francis Bacon and a few others mm-hmm. come about. In that time, this is when Wilwell comes into the picture and he coins these terms to say, hey, we need to separate these fields from the other philosophies to, to remove the confusion. That's why I'm bringing him into the picture because he's credited with being one of the ones who comes in and says, hey, we need to separate Yeah, you gotta give credit to the white boys for that. Ain't no, ain't no, I don't think ain't no disputing that there, buddy. I don't know, I don't think most people don't want to hear it. Yeah. So okay, so you go back to Charles Darwin. Like I said, he was a naturalist. They wasn't calling him a scientist back then. I totally agree with you on that. Naturalist. So the scientists of that time was called naturalists. All right. Uh let me see. Uh, let's see what the uh what they was calling the um shit. Pseudo always try to use this against you. Hold on. I think it's the Britain. Hold on. One second. One second. Hey Sean, go ahead and read the wisdom card. I want to find something real quick. All right. So scientific consensus, I dropped the link in the chat already. All right. Is the collective judgment, position, and opinion of the community of scientists in a particular field of study. Consensus implies general agreement, though not necessarily uh, unanimity. Now, con- uh, consensus is achieved through communication at conferences, the publication process, replication of reproducible results by others, other, others meaning scholarly debate and peer review. These lead to a situation in which those within the discipline can often recognize such a consensus where it exists. However, communicating to outsiders that consensus has been reached can be difficult because the normal debate through which science progresses may appear to outsiders as contestation. On occasion, scientific institutions issue position statements intended to communicate a summary of the science from the inside to the outside of the scientific community. All right, so cases, hold on. Where you at? Where you at? You was, no, 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 hold on. You was right. Where was you at? You was reading that. Okay. We, we skipped some sources right here. Uh, did you get to the yeah, uh, publications? You read that again. Consensus. Yeah. Real quick. Okay. Consensus is achieved through 
communication at conferences, the publication process, replication of reproducible results by mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. scholarly debate, all right, and and peer review. Now stop, now stop right there. Okay, so uh, brother, uh, how you say your name again? Vasa. Now, Va- brother Vasa came in, and so Vasa. So let me ask you this: So are we saying that during the 1800s, right? Basically, that's when Europeans actually separated everything. Is that what we're saying? Mm, I would have to, honestly. I would have to do more in-depth study. Um, thanks to the chat for mentioning the Age of Enlightenment. And from yeah, what you can't I've forget been, about the Age of Enlightenment. But they, they yeah. no, I, I'm saying, but I don't think they, they, yeah, we know what the Age of Enlightenment was, but I don't think they was using the term, uh, I know they wasn't using scientists, right? Like, for, for example, around that time, right after William Wilwell, we see mm-hmm. uh, many groups of people come together for what would be called the first scientific fair. So what? Prior to that, you, you didn't see that. The what? Say it again. Uh, the first scientific fair or the first scientific uh, conviction. One of the other okay. is, is termed under that. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, you didn't see things like that. Now, you might have had uh, religious councils and um, the oh. ability meeting each other and sharing their technologies. And by no means am I not saying the actual act or the deed of being scientific didn't exist. I'm just saying he was the one term. of the yeah, he was sure. one of the ones that cre- was credited. Okay, we and, get the, and, the re- and the reason why he did credit it was to separate the confusion in what we now call the pseudoscientists from the right. ones that's actually doing scientific. Okay, so that's a good point. We're gonna we're gonna read up on that. Appreciate you for you bring that um, to the floor. So I want y'all to see how that was done. The brother came on. He, he gave a reference. So we started reading up on it. You don't see his arguing and screaming. It makes some sense, right? You can read up on it, but ain't nobody mad that he brought that to the table because that, that's important to add that person's name to the document. You know what I'm saying? So if we was religious, we, we'd be fighting right now. And you don't know what you're talking about? That ain't, that ain't that's not what that's not that's not what the scientific mind does. It allows, and that's why I wanted Sean to read the scientific consensus to understand how how, how these things actually really work. You know what I'm saying? Like, like boom, we come to the panel come with a source, right? So we can read it, so we can learn from the brother and see what he's talking about. I had never heard of that person, right? Then somebody else in the chat room, they talked about the age of enlightenment and y'all should get this book, Black and Famous. You probably can get it for $4. I paid $4 and 79 cents for a new copy, right? And so in this, he talks about the age of enlightenment and what that was. That's when Europeans was actually bringing uh, scientific, they were trying to bring scientific ideas as opposed to religious ideology, right? So they've been trying to, they was trying to separate this thing for a while, right? And I think it starts to culminate at the point where, uh, what's his name again? William Wewell. William, when William Wewell start to, you know, bring these terms up saying we need to separate all that. I think it culminates right there, right? So we know the age of enlightenment is the period when uh, you got the Rastacrucianists, you got the Masons and you got the Illuminati. You know what I'm saying? Like most people in the community don't even know who the Illuminati is. They think that's Jay-Z or somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, y'all crazy. And so the Illuminati, let me read exactly what the Illuminati was. All right. So hold on. Hold on. Um, before you do that, 
I, I need to add this into the conversation because I dropped the link in the chat. Groups of men, and they were in fact all men interested in discussing science, met as early as 1640 in London. Eventually, oh. eventually, these yes. meetings led to the establishment of the Royal Society yeah, of London yeah. in 1660. Now, right. it's, it says, since then, scientific societies and meetings have grown together. Early meetings remain small and local for about 200 years since transportation was difficult and costly. But larger meetings began to proliferate along with scientific societies in the mid-1800s. So that yeah, would go I, along with. You know, I knew you were talking about the Royal Society, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I pulled that up right here and I wanted to talk about the Royal Society, but I didn't want to make it seem like that what the brother bought was remotely close to being wrong because uh, it's not. But you did have the Royal Society and that's what Charles Darwin belonged to. And the pseudo act like it was, it was something wrong with the world. They all belong to Eugenics, Royal Society, all that. Man, okay. It's not the point. <laughs> not the point. So yeah, the founding years. You got the founding years, right? Mm. If I could ask this question real quick before you get into it, you know, the brother brought up scientific uh, consensus um, for the people listening and for the people in the future who may listen. Did you go into why we even need a scientific consensus? Because a lot of people, you know, especially a lot of pseudo brothers and sisters, they'll say, well, you know, Science is wrong. It's wrong here. It's wrong there. You know they're always correcting stuff. So could you go into? And, we is. We is. Uh, this is important. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's very important. I mean, but the brother came on with something that really kind of integrated the whole damn conversation with that. Because remember, I, I I was talking about how you know the Egyptians was on their way. They was trying to separate it. Our community make it seem like it's something wrong with separating it now. That's the difference. I want y'all to know that 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 our community, conscious community makes it seem like it's actually something wrong with separating the two. Oh, the Europeans separated the Africans didn't separate. You know, we hold our chests out. You know what I'm saying? On that note. But the truth is, like the brother said, it was a state of damn confusion, right? Because the pseudos can mix in and hotter, 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 hotter. And that's why the conscious community is really the community of complete confusion. And you would ask yourself, why is why don't they understand? Because it's confusion. New age stuff mixed in with little droplets of scientific stuff that could be right and bad. You know what I'm saying? That's why. Deep. So we so you put in the Royal Society. We got that. I see you put something else in the uh in the chat, right? Yeah, um, the article that I dropped in the chat is the how and why of scientific meetings. Uh, it elaborates a little bit further on the article, but you already had pulled up the uh, Royal Society. Mm -hmm. And um, that goes along with the entire conversation. Now, it says I can uh, just go a little bit further and say, for example, a group of scientists gathered in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on September 20th, 1848 with the goal of establishing a new national scale organization, the what they call the Triple AS, which is American Association for the Advancement of Science. They held six days of talks and presentations by prospective members. And by the end of the meeting, had 461 registered members on the books. 
Uh, and then it goes into a few founders. And then it says the rules and objectives of the association which stated that one of the fundamental goals of the new society was by periodical and migratory meetings to promote intercourse between those who are cultivating science in different parts of the United States. In other words, they recognized that scientists were at work all over the country and they hoped to overcome geographic barriers that kept scientists apart by holding regular meetings that moved around the country. So they were having these meetings to come to consensus that this goes back to the point to establish why it is important to have these, you know, to have this put forward because you can't, you can't reach an agreement or come to a conclusion without being able to, which goes back to what Unc made me read twice. Um, and I'll say it again. Uh, hold on. Let me get there. Important to read that shit like that. Hey, that's in the meantime, while Sean is looking for that. Yeah, no, I can y'all pull up what I just put in the chat in the Zoom? Pseudo paradox. There you go. And then once it's all said. When Sean finish, we finish that, then you can explain what that is. Okay. And then you know we already we all know how the damn world got into the community. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so which goes back to the point where it says consensus is achieved through communication at conferences. The publication process, that means you had to write books, articles, journals, replication of reproducible results by others. So we had to reproduce it. You just can't say this worked. If the if the a healing if the if the money crystal was gonna bring us all money, we'd all be rich. Scholarly debate and peer review. So there was there was a multitude of things that would help you reach to a uh, a consensus it's not one thing peer review is not the only phase like the conscious community things mm-hmm. um you you have to produce something mm-hmm. and what you produce has to be reproducible and then it has to be communicated with at scholarly conferences mm-hmm. okay hold on freeze it so go back to the consensus is achieved through communication at conferences okay this mm-hmm. is the regular public now, y'all. So, like, the science scientific community is not debating on whether evolution is a fact in the, in the theory. They're not. That's not. That's not. They're not debating that anymore. Okay, they're simply talking about the different mechanisms these days. While the regular population is arguing and screaming about evolution, that shit is already worked out. Meaning, they're not. That's not. I mean, no, they're not doing that. And I don't think you understand that. So a crazy preacher, somebody will come in and say, well, all science don't agree. Wait a minute, bro. Like that's not even up. That's not, that's not what they're doing in science, right? And so you got, you got one, two, you got four sources right there for that statement. Uh, Larry uh, Luden, uh, 1984, Science and Values, The Aims of Science and Their Role in scientific debate, London, England. We also got disciplinary authority and accountability in scientific practice and learning, science education. Okay, you also have uh, Gregory D. Webster. Okay, persons, situations, uh, and the action, and an increasingly outpacing. Uh, let's see, person, situation, debate. In the scientific literature, 
30 years of analysis of publications and trends, journal research, personality, all right? Um, the last source is kind of long one. Uh, I ain't gonna read all that, but Wiley's Handbook and Personal Assessment, all right? And y'all just get the wiki article. Did you put that? Did you put that in there already, Sean? Yep. Okay, so y'all read that. And so, uh, like climate change, right? Let's see. You did you read the last one? Popular the population debate. Popular. Nah, I didn't get into the popular right. debate. But Watch this. Read, read this is now. This is essential shit right here. Go ahead, read right. that, Sean. This is essential. Watch this. Okay, well, it's more than just climate change, but uh, popular, I, read, just read that. Just read that. All right, popular or political debate on subjects that are controversial within the public sphere, but not necessarily controversial within the scientific community, huh? may invoke scientific consensus. Not such topics as evolution, climate change, or the lack of a link between MMR vaccination uh -huh. and autism. Now stop. Go back and please read that again. Let's take our time. Let's slow it down. Read yeah. it again. Popular or political debate on subjects that are controversial within the public sphere, but not necessarily controversial within the scientific community, may invoke scientific consensus. Note, such topics as evolution, climate change, or the lack of a link between MMR and vaccinations and autism. See? See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The things Vasa that we are discussing autistic. now, mm -hmm. right, right, and Vasa's son is autistic, so that's why we, we ain't feeling all that old craziness lately. You know? My son is autistic, and I just took my little girl to get her HPVs, what was that, Thursday. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? All right. So I just need y'all to know. I just need y'all to understand that, that man, we got to stop it, man. And, I, and, and for the most part, we have a very intelligent group that follows us. But I mean, but God damn, that's only about how many people? You know, like if we start beating up some 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 aborigines on Garfield show, we can get four hundred people in there. All right. And when I when I was at the hospital getting her vaccines, um, I asked because my daughter's uh, about to start writing papers for her school, and one of the projects she wants to do is on vaccinations because she sees what's going on. And we asked the nurse if we could record her, but she said due to it being a medical, we'd have to go through other people for clearance. But one of the questions we asked was, what's well, one of the biggest misconceptions? And we just applied it to the vaccine she was getting at the moment, which was HPV. And the biggest misconception, because it's, it's um, promoted to stop cervical cancer, which alludes to this misconception that boys don't have to get that uh, vaccination either. And that was one of the things that my daughter's going to write on. But I'm going to go back to me. I didn't want to. Uh, interject like that. All right, um, the the link that I had dropped earlier about visionlearning.com. Also, at the end, there's a comprehension checkpoint. I want to repeat a comprehension checkpoint. <laughs> Where you at? Which, which means now in another article that I that we were speaking from earlier, which <laughs> mean which means that it it will ask you a question after each topic. It'll ask you if that is true or false. 
paint, which means that it, it will. Uh oh, happen. somebody then came in. All right, so I want to I want to throw this out there too, since we're talking about meetings, right? So why do why scientists go to meetings, right? Going to and presenting at meetings is a common component of most scientists' lives, especially those who work at universities and research laboratories. They go to scientific meetings in order to present new work and get feedback from their peers, make connections with other scientists, learn new things, and get together with friends and colleagues. For example, there was a 2010 annual meeting of the Geological Society of America. There was this lady there named Anne uh, Eager. She presented the results of using some of the vision learning modules, like the one that we're reading right now in a college science classroom. One of her goals was to get feedback on her work teaching students about the nature of scientific theories in preparation for publishing her results. Uh, she got some comments, she got some feedbacks, and at the end of the day, she found out it was a great teaching tool. So this link that I'm about to repeat and post in the chat is a visual learning aid. Well, some of y'all ain't gonna read. But it's, it's visionlearning.com, and it provides you with a comprehension question at the end of each phase to make sure that you're paying attention. Now, we need to be, it, she calls it comprehension checkpoint. So after every point, there's a comprehension checkpoint to make sure you understand what's going on and the why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Comprehension skills be very, very low in the conscious community. <laughs> hey, so okay, all right. Uh, uh, you want to talk about that paradox? You want to say something about that? That's all you put in there. I'm uh, taking care of my daughter at the moment. Okay, go ahead. I uh, got yeah, you. If, if y'all can pull it up in just the right. first paragraph in itself will summarize this whole conversation. All right. Pseudo paradox. <laughs> hey Sean, where you, where you at? Where you at, CK? Let me see. Can't hear. You. Yeah, I'm here. I'm just listening and reading. You want to read that real quick? Yeah, you phased out. Get back. Get back. <laughs> back in here. Yeah, read okay. that. Pseudo paradoxical. All righty. Hmm. All righty, y'all. Just to let y'all know, we're on uh, Wikipedia. Pseudo paradoxia and emdensia. No. Epidic epidemia. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Epidemica. 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 Thanks. Mm -hmm. I know I was messing that one up. So, let's see. Yeah, I don't know. Or, what's that? It says, very many received tenets commonly presumed truths. Where you at? Where you starting at? I started at the top. Pseudo Go ahead. Pseudo, pseudo dodoxia, mm -hmm. epidemia, mm -hmm. or inquiries. Oh, Lord. Inquiries into very Inquiries. Inquiries. That's what I meant to say. 
into uh, very many received tenets and commonly presumed truths, also known, oh, I already read that, I ain't trying to butcher that for the fifth time, or vulgar errors. Work by uh, Thomas Brown, challenging and refuting vulgar or common errors and superstitions of his age. It appeared in 1646 and went through five subsequent editions. The last revision occurred in 1672. The work include evidence of Brown's uh, adherent to Baconian method of empirical observation of nature and was the vanguard of work in progress scientific journalism during the 17th century scientific evolution. Mm-hmm. I mean, revolution, my mistake, revolution. Throughout its pages, frequent examples of Brown's subtle humor also can be found. Uh, Brown's three determinants for obtaining truth were firstly, the authority of past authors, secondly, the act of reason, and lastly, empirical experience. Each of these determinants is employed upon subjects ranging from common folklore to the cosmological subjects covered in pseudodoxia. Oh, God. Academica. I don't know why I can't say that word. You only had to read the first paragraph, though. Yeah. So, okay, so I, so we see this right here. Let's see scientific revolution, right? Put that in the chat room for y'all, real quick. Go ahead. I, I think that second. That second highlighted pair uh, up under what she was getting ready to say this uh, pseudodoxia epidemica was a valuable source of information which found itself upon the shelves of many homes in the 17th century England. Being in the vanguard of the scientific writing, it paved the way for much subsequent popular scientific journalism. Its science includes many examples of Brown's at first hand empiricism as well as early examples of the formulation of scientific hypothesis. Uh, The second of the Pseudodoxia Epidemica's seven books entitled Tenets Concerning Mineral and Vegetable Bodies, including Brown's experiments with static electricity and magnetisms, the word electricity being one of the hundreds of neologians, including medical, pathology, hallucination, literary, uh, literary, and computer contributed by Brown into the vocabulary of the early scientific revolution. Mm. So, okay, so the scientific revolution was a series of events that marked the emergence of modern science during the early modern period when developments in mathematics, so watch, look at the categories, when the developments of mathematics, physics, astronomy, and biology, including human anatomy and chemistry transformed, watch this, transformed the views of society about nature. So, okay, so mathematics. Did the Egyptians have mathematics, yes or no? Yes. Two, yes. Okay, uh, how about physics? Mm. Two. Mm. What you saying? Yeah, I'm, no. I'm going, yeah. When I say two, uh, I'm saying yeah. All right, well, they I don't had know. Astrology. I don't, I, they had astronomy. We hold yeah. on, this is what I know I'm for sure. Mathematics, they had astronomy. How about biology? Yes. yes. Nah, I'm gonna say they had human anatomy because they were some of the first people. You don't deal with that, yeah. Okay, yeah, that would be a better response because uh-huh. they were taking uh, oh. organs out of the body. Yeah, that's anatomy. 
about and how about chemistry? Of course. Yes, of course. Of course. So, so we got one, two, <laughs> three, four. We got four things out of the five things that Europeans would start getting on. Y'all get that, right? Yeah. So you can start mm-hmm. to imagine just how far advanced the Nile Valley was. In Africa, too. I'm just giving that, just that. Just, just right there for a moment, right? And then we, and then, and then you can look to West Africa and look at uh, uh, iron smoke and all different types of things, right? But I just want, I don't want that to slip on by. People let that slip on by. And this is what the black atheists do. They want to acknowledge the accomplishment of our ancestors. And I don't feel like that's fair. That's not right. You feel me? And, and, and let me let, watch this. Let me finish reading that real quick. Um, transform the views of society about nature. Scientific revolution took place in Europe towards the end of the Renaissance period, right? And continued through the late 18th century, influencing intellectual social movement known as an Enlightenment, okay? While its dates are debated. Publication in 1543 of Nicholas Cupinus de Revolutionibus Urban Colitrum. Okay, on the revolution of the heavy and the heavenly spears is often cited as making the beginning of the scientific revolution. Okay, so it brings in the what it says the the enlightenment, right? So we come to Mark Bunnell's work. Mark Bunnell's work, all right. Let me show you how we ain't making this up, right? Uh watch this. All right, right here. Mark Brunel's book, you can go to page 26. Um, no, 25. It says Egyptian priesthood had in fact appealed, had in fact appealed to conservative thinkers at least since the time of Plato, had modeled his guardians on them. It says in the 18th century, this line of thought was taken up by the Freemasons. Watch who the Freemasons is. I know y'all spooked out. Oh, they was got by. Yeah, shut up. Freemasons. But even the Middle Ages, the Freemasons appeared to have been especially interested in Egypt because following ancient traditions, they believed it to be a home of geometry or masonry, right? With the formation of speculative masonry, that's when you're speculating. So Europeans invented speculative masonry. So all those lodges and stuff, they're just speculating. They're actually doing masonry. They're speculating on it, right? Okay? Speculative masonry at the turn of the 18th century. They drew on Rosicrucianism the soul philosophy. It says... It entailed superstitious, superstitious and limited and limited religions for the masses, but for the Illuminati, a return. Now watch this. Now for the Illuminati, the return to the natural and pure original religion of Egypt from the debris of which all others had been created. Thus the Masons who, who included most every significant figure in the Enlightenment. Right, saw their religion as Egyptian. The signs of hieroglyphics 
their logos as Egyptian, their temples and, and themselves as Egyptian priesthood. Indeed, the Masonic admiration for Egypt, right, has survived the country fall from grace amongst academia. So, Luminati, the Rosicrucians, they was all looking through the Nile Valley. So this is where we get our, our uh, affection. I mean, Europeans get their affection uh, for Egypt, right? And the Illuminati and the Rosicrucians, remember, and the Masons, they was hated by the church, okay? Now we understand why the church didn't want the Metanesians to be deciphered, okay? Because they knew once, they knew Egypt was older, had an older culture, but once it got deciphered, right, they knew that the church would be in trouble. That's why you got the Christians scrambling right now, right? Want the debate, making videos, how we stash the people out of the church. Man, we going through the same thing. That's why I'm bringing this up. We're basically going through the same things that the Europeans was going through in the 1800s and all that, man. You feel me? And the shit got off course, right? And it fell off into pseudoisms. So that's what we're here to do, to, to, you know, to, to bring it back up, you know what I'm saying, back to that point. Where you at, Unbiased Boy? You dig? Time for you to bring that reference, yo. What's that book you got? What's Hold that on. book you want to read? You got to give me three minutes, man. I, I, I snuck to the store real fast. I see you snuck out. See how you did? Yo, you was in cute. <laughs> I got hungry. Yeah, give me three minutes. I'm a, um, you dig? I'm going to read it. You be eating no french fries. You dig? <laughs> no, I'll you do that. no food at the house? Mm. That's the thing. That's the thing. I only got food. I, you know, I had no snacks. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Home Team here, and I'm back at it with another video of African history, culture, and worldview. And one of the reasons why I do this is because I realize a lot of our history books in our public school system don't teach African history. There's no African agency within our history books, meaning a lot of the kids get the impression that Africa made no contribution to world culture or civilization at large. And that has a tremendous impact on how we view ourselves and how others view us, the home team diaspora. We talk about Christopher Columbus, we talk about Thomas Jefferson or Napoleon, but we never really get to Manza Musa or Sonia Akita or King Taharka or Queen Zinga, all these other great people. We gotta remember to have a proper historical perspective in a very diverse nation such as ours. We can't just have one historical perspective because it has a tremendous impact on our kids, people of color mainly. What I wanted to talk today about was ancient Nubia. Personally, that's one of my favorite topics ever. A lot of people look at the relationship between Nubia and Egypt, and they see that the Nubians and the Egyptians were fighting like all the time. And so they say to themselves, yo, these must be two different people. 
because the Egyptians said, yo, we don't want no Nubians coming up here and dominating. So we about to build a border to kick them out. So people look at that, scholars look at that and they say, yo, these are two different people. But that's flawed thinking. We got to put it in its proper context. Say, for example, the relationship between the American colonists and say a thousand years ago, they go and dig up, you know, America and they find, you know, artifacts of the Revolutionary War. And they say, yo, these American colonists were fighting these British, these Europeans. They must be two different people. Of course, today we'd be like, yo, that's completely absurd. But the same can be applied to Nubia and Egypt when we put it in its proper historical context. The Greeks, the historians like Herodotus and Didorius, Herodotus specifically, he says, yo, these Nubians just might be the most ancient people on the planet. And he also said that Nubia is the motherland of Egypt. And more importantly, he said Egypt was a colony of Nubia. These people look at Herodotus and these scholars say, man, Herodotus is not reliable. We can't take him serious. But then other scholars call him the father of history. So we can't have it both ways. And, you know, I would understand or we can understand if there was one Greek historian that is saying all this stuff. But it's not just him, it's other Greek historians, and more importantly, the Nubians themselves. Didorius, he said, this other Greek historian, he said that, yo, these Egyptians, their ways, their mannerisms, their, their culture, their religion, they all come from Ethiopians. And to the Greeks, Ethiopians were Nubians or people in that region. So we have to remember to put it in a proper historical context. We can't completely disregard what these Nubians are telling these Greeks. These Nubians are saying, yo, Egypt is a colony of, of us. Like we're the motherland, we're the origin. This is where the culture comes from. So we can't disregard these ancient historians. We have to delve into this and have some discourse about you know, what this really means. So basically the 25th dynasty of Egypt was a Nubian dynasty. Now these Nubian kings went up into Egypt and they conquered it. And one of the most significant things about this dynasty was Egypt flourished as a cultural and revolutionary restoration. There was a cultural religious restoration of Egypt in, um, in that time period. These Nubian kings would go up to Egypt and try and restore the culture, the artifacts. These kings would build uh, pyramids. They would restore temples and even restore religious literature and texts. So what does that tell us today? These kings, the first one, Kashta, Pai, Shabaka, Shibiku, Saharka, one of my personal favorites, and Tantamani, all these kings, most of them went up into Egypt and started restoring the culture and the religion and started building pyramids and restoring temples. Now we say to ourselves, you know, why did these guys do this? Like, what were they doing? And then we realized that they knew who they were. They knew they were restoring what was theirs, their origin. Egypt came from Nubia. That was their mindset. So they were restoring what was theirs. They were restoring Egypt. They didn't want it lost. Egypt is in the middle of a lot of different nations and people. To the West, you got um, Libyans. To the North, you got you know, Assyrians, Asiatics, 
And so there was a lot of conflict between who's going to have influence over Egypt. So the Nubians, knowing that Egypt is a colony of them, they wanted to restore that culture. One theory is, is that King Pi was one of the main drivers to do this. King Pi is significant because he's the one, the first guy that unified Egypt and Nubia. Now, the first guy to go up there was Kashta. Now, Kashta, he was in control of Upper Egypt, but he didn't really dominate the whole region. It was King Pi that gets credit for combining Nubia and Egypt. And so King Pi, King Pi, he went up there and he conquered Egypt and he created this huge stella. This, this stella is like six feet tall, weighs like four to six tons. It has 159 lines on it. And pretty much King Pi was boasting about his victory. And he said something that was so significant to this theory of cultural restoration. He said, yo, the reason why I went up into Egypt is because they were rebelling. Now, why would he say that? He also said, this is a holy war. Before this dude, King Pi, even went up there, he said to his army, yo, I want you guys to cleanse yourself spiritually, mentally, and physically in the river. And King Pi himself sacrificed an animal to go up there and restore the most this dude did was he went up to Egypt on a boat and after he conquered Egypt, he came right back down to Nubia, to his homeland. And one of the kings of uh, Egypt, one of the lords and one of the, the regions, there were many different regions. One of the, uh, the kings was just like, yo, okay, I realize you conquered us, but I don't wanna pay homage to you people. And King Pi was just like, okay, that's cool. Like, I'm not tripping over that. So we realized that King Pi was more interested in the restoration of Egypt, not conquering Egypt. And we see that in his Victoria Stella, what he wrote down and he forgave his enemies and he restored and renewed the culture. And the kings after him, Shabaka, he went up into Egypt and he went into a temple one day. And in this temple, he saw this religious text and he saw the text was being just demolished by these worms. And this affected Shabaka so much that he was like, yo, I want you guys to write down everything you see in that text and I want you to put it on the stone so it'll last forever, hands down. And today this stone is known as the Shabaka stone. This tells us that, yo, these Nubian kings were not interested in conquering Egypt. They were interested in restoring their culture, their religion, even their language and their literature. And in a time where there was a lot of conflict with the Assyrians, these kings were interested in preserving themselves and their people. And so King Taharqa himself, he also was in a golden age of Egypt when he was up there. He started re rebuilding temples and restoring pyramids and restoring the literature and creating new literature and really influencing not only Egypt, but the Levant region. And so the Assyrians were in huge conflict with King Taharqa. We had to remember to put it, like I said, in a historical perspective. A lot of people would tell you that, you know, you know, the origins of Egypt is a mystery, but we have to listen to these ancient people, the Greeks, the Nubians themselves, because they have agency in their history and we must listen to them. Even in the old kingdom, they made a prophecy. It's called the prophecy 
of Nefertiti. Now, Nefertiti said that, yo, there's going to be a king from the south who's going to come up into Egypt and restore Egypt. And he's going to be from Taseti. Now, like I said in my last video, Taseti means land of the bow because these Nubians were excellent bowmen. So we realized that, yo, this was an ancient prophecy. These Egyptians themselves, they knew their origin and they knew there was going to be a time where there was going to be some perversion of the religion. That's what the prophecy of Nefertiti is talking about. I encourage you guys to do some research. I encourage you guys to take away, add, subscribe, comment, you know, do your thing. But always remember, keep it home team, y'all, and know thyself. Remember your ancestors. Peace. These things get to do to me, usually, and then I'll be the rock to the beat, so to Hello everybody, it's Jabar here. Is it just me who notices the striking similarities between Japanese and African languages? And before I begin, I just want to make something clear. Many people come to my videos and assume that I'm one of those annoying, bigoted, Afrocentric people trying to preach pseudo-history and basically be a culture vulture. And as annoying and frustrating it is when people come here with those assumptions, I don't really blame them because YouTube is so polluted by people like that. The only thing it does is make people like me who actually back up my sources with references and evidence less credible. So before we start, I'm just going to make one thing clear. I am not trying to claim that Africans made it to Japan in pre-colonial times or vice versa. I'm not trying to claim that that happened, nor I'm trying to claim that there's any evidence suggesting that it did happen. I'm simply pointing out many striking parallels that I find between the two cultures and languages. And I don't know why those parallels exist. And for all I know, there was pre-colonial contact. I simply found this topic extremely interesting. It's something I've been thinking about for a really, really long time. And I put this video together for discussion purposes only. And these parallels may very well just be mere coincidences. So as a native speaker of English, the only language I really know is English. I don't know any African languages. I don't know any Asian languages. And frankly, I don't know any other languages other than English. With that said, all of my observations are purely observations. So please take the things I say with a grain of salt. So now that all that stuff's out of the way, now let's get to the meat of this video. So one of the things I've noticed throughout my many years of researching African history, cultures, and kingdoms and languages, I noticed that they bear striking similarities to Japanese. One of the most obvious similarities is that nearly every Japanese word and every African word ends in a vowel. And by African, I'm referring more particularly to, but not specifically, to Niger-Congo languages. The rare few words in these languages that do not end in vowels almost always end with the letter N. Another similarity is, unlike most other languages of East Asia, Japanese is a tonal language. However, given the specific part of Asia that Japanese lies, there are very few tonal languages in the surrounding areas. Contrary to Africa, where nearly every language within Sub-Saharan Africa is tonal. And if you don't know what a tonal language is, as opposed to European languages such as English, German, and French, tonal languages are strongly reliant on the way you say a word, the tone of your voice when you say the word. One good example of this would be Mandarin Chinese. In this language, the word ma has four different meanings from mother, hemp, horse, and scold. If you say the word ma at a high tone, it would mean mother. If you say it at a tone that starts high and ends low, it would mean scold. Tonal languages such as these are most commonly found in Sub-Saharan Africa and Southeast Asia. 
Japan, however, doesn't lie within any of these regions. The Japanese language is quite an oddity in comparison to most East Asian languages. In fact, the Japanese language is considered a language isolate. What this means is that it cannot be linked to any specific greater language family, such as Afroasiatic, Sino-Tibetan, or Indo-European. Thus, its origins are unknown. Other language isolates include the Sango language of Central African Republic and the Basque language of Spain. Linguists generally have no idea where language isolates have their origins, due to the fact that aside from a few loan words from nearby languages, they don't have any relation to any language families in the entire world. With that being said, since language is one of the primary means of linking one culture to the next, Japanese being an isolated language, its origins remain a mystery. I do want to bring up again that I don't know Japanese, nor do I know any African languages. I'm aware that the similarities that I see in here within the languages may simply just be skin deep. However, another one of the more obvious parallels between Japanese and African languages is just the similarity in words, names, and places. Though I had already noticed this before, I brought up this discussion to one of my Nigerian friends who belongs to the Yoruba ethnic group. And despite the fact that he is a native speaker of the Yoruba language, even he can see the similarities between the two languages. I'm sure you also noticed that during this conversation about the fact that Edo was the historical name shared between the Benin Empire and the Japanese. The modern-day West African city of Edo is now known as Benin City, and the modern-day Japanese version of Edo is now known as Tokyo. What's even more striking is that in the year 1457, the city of Edo was built in Japan, just 13 years prior to the city being renamed to Edo in the Benin Empire. So for several centuries, two kingdoms that were half the world away from each other shared the same name for their capital cities. By the way, the friend that I mentioned previously, I'll leave a link to his YouTube channel in the description. I couldn't help but notice that even his name sounds Japanese. Also, the name of the character of my soon-to-be animated series is named Kanoro, which people often mistake for Japanese. Many examples of this can be found all throughout Africa. For example, the largest West African empire in history was known as the Songhai which sounds remarkably Asian. Then you have the capital city of Somali, known as Mogadishu. Here's a list of some Yoruba words that I have compared side by side next to Japanese words. I also came across this list of Igbo words. Lastly, guys, before I get to my last topic, again, I'm going to reiterate again and again and again. This is not trying to say that Africans founded Japan or blah, 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 all the other stuff that, you know, the We Was Kang stuff. This isn't any of that. OK, just making that clear. I'm just going to briefly discuss the possibility of pre-colonial contact. So the first question would be, were Africans capable of sailing to Japan or vice versa? And the answer to this question would be. Yes, though the Japanese did have ships capable of making fairly long voyages across the sea, they were used almost exclusively within the confines of the Japanese and the Chinese coastlines. Until the Portuguese arrived as the Nanban, literally translating to Southern Barbarians, that the Japanese made any serious efforts into building their own fleets of ships. Unlike the Japanese, many West African states had fairly sizable navies, However, they consisted almost exclusively of small river canoes and sailboats. So the tradition of sailing the seas was all but inexistent in West Africa. One exception to this would be the navy of the Mali Empire, 
which allegedly consisted of a fleet of over 2,000 ships, as described in an article published by BBC known as Africa's Greatest Explorer. In East Africa, on the other hand, the case was quite different. Sailing the seas and trading with lands as far away as China was an ancient practice for East Africans and was done on a boat of indigenous origin known as the Mtepe. Which, by the way, if you'd like to know more about these ancient East African sailors, please check out part three of my Cities Built by African series, which I'll link at the end of this video. Though there is no historical documentation verifying any contact between East Africans and Japanese, it is very well possible that they may have made it to Japan in ancient times. Lastly, I'll go over some very surprising similarities between West African and Japanese art and architecture. In Western architecture, a building is usually constructed and it's surrounded by a yard or a garden. East Asians and West Africans, on the other hand, share a different type of architecture in which they construct their buildings around the yard. These courtyard-based structures were also similar in the fact that they both utilized large amounts of wood in their construction, more specifically in the pillars, and that they were built largely without the use of nails instead relying on lashings, sockets, and holes. And the final thing I would like to discuss is artwork found within West Africa and Japan. In addition to the Yoruba language sharing similarities with the Japanese, I also find that some of their sculptures display very Asiatic characteristics. These sculptures date back from the 14th century and they were created by the Yoruba people from a kingdom known as Ife. And though some West Africans naturally do have Asiatic features, I've just always found it strange how so many of these heads consistently display these Asiatic characteristics, such as wide faces, high cheekbones, and almond-shaped eyes. Here's a side-by-side -side comparison of a Japanese sculpture and a Yoruba sculpture. Maybe it's just me, but their features are definitely extremely similar, and the overall art style is extremely similar. So at this point, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but guys, I just want to stress it one last time. I'm not trying to claim that Africans explored and discovered Japan, or the Japanese explored and discovered Africa, or whatever. I'm not trying to claim any of that stuff. I'm not trying to claim it did happen, nor am I trying to claim it didn't happen, because nobody really knows. And unlike those pseudo-historic We Was Kangs people, I'm not going to conclusively say that something happened unless there's historical or archaeological evidence that proves it. So anyway, guys, let me know your thoughts on this, your opinions. If you're a native speaker of Japanese or Yoruba or any African language, let me know if maybe you've noticed these similarities as well, because... If you couldn't tell already, I'm extremely interested in this, and I would love to know more information about it. ...of the Ashanti. The decline of the Ashanti by January 1824, with the defeat of the British and the allies of the southern states, with the Ashanti commissions firmly entrenched in the provinces. Ashanti dominance of the northern states, thriving trade with Hasiland and the Ashanti army estimated by Dupius and 80,000 men of whom 40 to 50,000 could be armed with muskets and blunderbusses, together with the king ruling with unrivaled sway and in undisputed possession of his claimed territories, it seemed that the Ashanti Empire was in for a long run. However, this was not to be. O.C. Bansu, 
at the moment of Ashanti's highest peak of fame and power, the defeat and death of McCarthy. Indeed, according to many authorities, on the same day that McCarthy was killed, Osi Bansu died, architect of Ashanti's prosperity in the 19th century. He was undoubtedly one of the greatest of the Ashantian, yet his reign was one of many paradoxes. Pacific in intention and firm in believing in the maximum never to appeal to swore while a path lay open for negotiation. His entire reign was a series of war. Anxious for the friendship of the British, he died hated by them. By all of those with whom he entered into treaties. And yet he brought this empire to the widest possible extent, as well as preserving its integrity. Had the British supported him or not, as Austin Freeman rather ungraciously put it, consistently endeavored after the fashion too common among philanthropists to secure in the most perfect manner in the survival of the unfittest, there might never have been the series of Anglo-Ashanti conflicts. But as Fuller stated in the enduring tribute to Ose Bansu, honorable in all his dealings with the white man, he was much misunderstood by them, especially by the English who unwittingly did all they could to turn a would-be friend into a bitter enemy. Judged in his relation to his work for Ashanti, Osi Bansu deserves the title, The Great, but in relation to his dealing with the British, The Misunderstood. The period from 1824 to 1874 saw a complete reversal of fortunes. Ashanti history is on the decline. Disintegration and defeat, Britain's one of the steady expansion of the growth of power, Indeed, by 1874, Ashanti was a little more than metropolitan. Ashanti, while the British had emerged as the only European power on the coast, having taken over the Dutch and the Danish possessions, and in spite of opposition, converted the former states south of the River Pry into a protectorate and their settlement into the British Crown Colony of the Gold Coast. Ashanti's decline began with the defeat of the hitherto invincible Ashanti army in their Cape Coast in May and July of 1824, followed by a dispirited retreat into Kamusu a month later. Before it had recuperated, the army was marched out again early in 1896 and was able to overrun the Fonte states without too much resistance. However, in July, it moved across the Accra to punish the Ga for uh, deserting the Ashanti to join the anti-Ashanti coalition and again suffered a heavy defeat at the famous battle near Dodawa on the 7th of August in 1826, where an estimated 70 commanders were killed. The Ashanti and wounded, hundreds of captives taken, including members of the Ashanti royal family and even the golden stool captured. Though this was retrieved by the Dwabin, the Ashanti defeat was due to a partly the spirited fight put up by the Allied forces, partly to the openness of the battlefield, which prevented the Ashanti from adopting their usual effective method of bush fighting, but overall to the use of the Congreve rockets at a critical moment when, according to Claridge, the issue of the battle trim, uh, trembled in the balance of there seemed every likelihood that the Ashantis would, after all, gain the victory. Crushing Two claims the introduction to, of these rockets as the main factor in the Shanti defeat. The British now refused to pay the notes for the forts on the coastland, and in uh, McLean Treaty of 1831, the King of Ashanti renounced all the right title and any tribute of homage from the kings of Dinkara, Asin, and others formerly of his subjects. 
From that time onwards, Ashanti was confined to the area north of the Pra. Thus, the defeat of 1824 and 1826 and the McLean Treaty of 1831 marked the first stage of decline of disintegration of an empire. A few weeks ago, I stumbled upon some statistics from the CIES foot. Are you ready to be financially stable? Are you ready to have that perfect credit score? Are you ready to start your dream business? If you answered yes to any of the questions, then you're ready for the Dagger Squad. Dagger Squad Inc. provides professional services, including credit repair. Dagger Squad Inc. specializes in the removal of negatives in the form of late payments, collection accounts, student loans, bankruptcy, judgments, and much more, holding the unofficial record of 26 deletions off of one report. After cleaning up your credit score, you might be interested in boosting it. Dagger Squad can help with the purchase of trade lines. Also referred to as authorized users, trade lines are aged lines of credit used to boost credit scores by piggybacking off of the account in good standing. We've sold lines from Citibank, Chase, and Capital One, just to name a few. We also have the Z Black Card, the top prepaid rewards card that pays you for referring friends and family. Unlike other prepaid cards, the Z Black Card isn't loaded with fees. Why should you have to pay to add or remove your money? Here at the Dagger Squad, we believe in no monthly fees, no load or withdrawal fees, no transfer or balance inquiry fees, and the list goes on. You may also be interested in our student loan debt removal service. If you're tired of paying loans with extremely high interest rates for $1,500, you can eliminate it forever. That's right, forever. forever. Using accounting principles along with the consumer protection laws, we can put an end to your student loan. With our help, you can even become an official government contractor, purchase products for the government, price the product with a 20% margin included, locate a supplier for a specific product, then track supplier shipment. Dagger Squad Inc. guarantees 100% success as clients are assisted by top business professionals such as Brother Garfield Reed, Sister Monica Lamb, and Sister Cheryl Stevenson. Our goal is to financially empower members of our community so we can all see a better tomorrow. If you or someone you know needs to put a dagger through their finances, give us a call at 1-800-518-2817 extension 901. That's 1-800-518-2817 extension 901 or check out our website at www.daggersquadinc.com That's www.daggersquadinc.com all right, family, peace and love. And um, thanks for being attentive this morning. And um, every morning I'm going to talk about a black abolitionist or somebody who came over on a slave trade or somebody who wrote an autobiography. And today I want to talk about he's not really the greatest example. Let me just admit that up front. But his name is Yukasa Groniosa, right? He was born 1705. And he died in September 1705, also known as James Albert. He was a freed slave and an autobiographer. His autobiography is considered the first published by an African in Britain. Listen to me carefully now. And by the way, this was before our, our great guy, Oliano Equiano, by the way, before him. So Gronisaw's autobiography was produced in Kinderminster in 1772. 
It is entitled A Narrative of the Most Remarkable Particulars in the Life of James Albert, a.k.a. Yukasaw Groniosaw, an African prince, as related by himself. The title page explained that it was committed to paper by the elegant pen of a young lady of the town of Leominster. It was the first slave narrative in the English language published in Bath, Somerset in December 1772. It gives a vivid account of Gronyosaw's life from his capture in Africa through slavery to a life of poverty in Colchester and Kidderminster. All right, now let me let me let me give a little um a little thing about his life. Gronoso was born in Borno, which is in northeastern Nigeria. He claimed he was dotted on as the grandson of the king Zara. At the age of 15, he was taken by a Gold Coast ivory merchant and sold to a Dutch captain for two yards of check cloth. He was bought by an American in Barbados and resold to a Calvinist minister. Theodoris Friendling Hussein in New York. There he was taught to read and brought up as a Christian. Groniosaw did indicate in his autobiography that he had a desire to go back to his family in Africa, but the minister denied this request and told him to focus on his Christian faith. Now, Groniosaw traveled to the Caribbean where he enlisted as a cook with a privateer and later as a soldier in the British Army. He served in Martinique and Cuba before obtaining his discharge and crossing to England. At first, he settled in Portsmouth, but when his landlady swindled him out of his most of his savings, was forced to seek his fortune in London. Then he married a young English widow, Betty, who already had a child and bore him at least two more. They were forced by industrial unrest to look for work in Colchester, where they were saved from starvation by Osgood Hanbury, a Quaker lawyer and grandfather of the abolitionist Thomas Buxton, who employed Groniosaw in building work, moving to Norwich. Groniosaw and his family again fell on hard times. Once again, they were saved by the kindness of a Quaker, Henry Gurner, who paid their rent arrears. A daughter died and was refused burial by the local clergy on the grounds that she was not baptized, although one at last offered to allow her to be buried in the churchyard, but not to not to read the burial service. So again, Uka Uka saw Gronyosa. Look him up and um, learn about Here's one story you might not have been familiar with. I'm reading from Wikipedia because the Wikipedia article is actually from his book, A Narrative of the Most Particulars, and of course some other um, books by Ryan Hanley and Henry Louis Gates. So you could see the sources are here. All right? So every morning I'm going to talk about a black abolitionist because there's people going around saying the slave trade didn't happen. So this is the words from someone who was actually a part of the slave trade. All right? Um, let me stop sharing and let me also say to my people on um on, on Facebook, um, I want to say thank you guys for um actually tuning in um and listening to some of the, the pseudo killer stuff. And um tomorrow, and of course, anybody who wants to get their credit clean, I would advise them to hit me up 1 800 518 at daggersquad1 at gmail.com. Um, Sean, have you guys done a presentation on the personhood um, of, of West African cultures and um, 
what how do they help in building character not a long presentation a shorter version can you do a shorter version thank you um all right so let me leave facebook i want to say thank you again for listening in i appreciate you guys on facebook have a good day if you want to continue you could listen on the youtube screen thank you all right all right um I was gonna talk about Dana uh, Marici for a second, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that alone for today. What I'm gonna do is I'm going to show I'm gonna leave that for another time. As a matter of fact, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hit her up on Facebook and send her a message. Dana Marici. Dana Marici. Let me see what pops up. Dana Reynolds Marici. I'm going to send her a message. Uh, peace and love. My name is Garfield Reed. All right. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm not going to um, show her post and talk about her. I'm, let me have a conversation with her first, and we're going to take it from there. All right. She has a blog by the name of Afro Asiatics, and we're gonna we gonna we gonna take it from there. All right, Aboriginal TV. How are you, my brother? Oh, let me go to my YouTube, by the way. So I need to unblock my my sister queen Shani. Um, I don't know why she's blocked, but you know, I mean, to each his own. I mean, they blocked her for a reason. Um, I need to. Um, hold on a second. Let me go to create a classic studio. Skip. All right. So I need to go to community. Um, all right. Here we go. Damn, we got a lot of people blocked already. Oh, man. I don't see her though. What's her name on um oh CK? Okay. Here we go. I got you. Damn. Y'all got done law. All right, cool, 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 cool. All right. Yeah, and, and Abdul Wakil, I, I I don't think that guy is um I don't think he is I don't I don't know what's going on with that guy, but I don't mind. I love people. As a matter of fact, there's two guys that really come at me on Facebook. I want them to join the Dagger Squad because sometimes you need to have people that does contrary, you know, that, that makes your game step up. You know, there's a brother by the name of, I think his name is Jamel Williams. Um, he's a, there's another guy by the name of... Um, I got a Facebook this morning. That's what, With no real promotion. So that's what's up. All right. Um, so now... 
let me get to my um my folks here in StreamYard. I want to talk about um Dana Marici, but I want to have a conversation. Bayano, who is Bayano? Is he on YouTube? All right, so CK, you should be good. Bayano, let me look up Bayano. I need to build a um I have a West African team with the Masi Warrior people, but I need to have my own West African team, man. Because sometimes these people will pull, they'll pull their name rank on you. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I'm part of Masi, man. I can't do that. I ain't got time for all of that right now. So um I need to build my own West African team. If there's anybody that's specializing in West Africa, I mean Class of Shabazz is a beast. I mean, um, the Dana Marinici post. Um, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it right time. Aboriginal TV, how are you, sir? How are you? All right. You still believe that you're an Aboriginal and we still haven't seen any proof. And I hope you watched the video the other day. It was so sad. Do you believe in Moo? That's what, you know what? I want to ask. I'm going to put a link in the chat because I want to start some trouble this morning. And by the way, Daniela, if you're watching a replay of this show, I am going to talk about you in a few minutes. So you could stay tuned. I'm going to tell you what the problem is with my brother. All right? I'm going to tell you the problem with Daniela is this. Is if I do something wrong, I could admit it. Because I'm not religious. I'm not a religious guy. Aboriginal TV, do you believe in Moo? That's all I want to know. Moo. That's all I want to know. Sankara. Hold on, Sankara. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, Sankara. Don't, don't worry about it. This is, this is where you separate yourself from the crazy. I didn't ask you if you abo to the planet. I'm asking you, as crazy as that is too, by the way, I'm asking you, do you believe in the land of Moo? That's it. That's all. So then we know if we need to treat you like a car cartoon character or not. All right, hold on. Let me get my guy, Courtney Thompson, on the phone, by the way. We're going to show away the Jesus, did Jesus exist? And um, how do we go about from a, from a historical perspective, from a um, methodology, following the historic method, how do we draw the conclusion if Jesus existed? And I think it's a conversation we need to have in our community because there's a lot of people that says that Jesus don't exist, da 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. And then we say, oh, there might be a guy that existed in the time, but we don't know if it's a guy in the Bible and all that stuff. But I think the conscious community missed out. We missed out. I think we repeat what the elders said and we continue. But again, before I move on to that, Aboriginal TV, I want to know if you believe in the land of Mu and Atlantis and all that stuff. That's all I want to know. That's, that's all. I didn't ask you if it's in some literature. I'm asking you if you believe there's a land of Mu. Matter of fact, there's a link. Come on in the link. Come teach us. I want you to come teach us this morning. Come on, my brother. And by the way, Sean, Aboriginal Power would like to have a dialogue with you. All right? All right. Now, why does white folks, why does, why do black folks, um, why do black folks believe there's a Jesus? And why do some black folks believe there's not a Jesus? 
I want I want to have a conversation. Anybody want to come on the chat? But before we do that, I want to I want to go to um let's deal with um what's his name right now? Daniela. Let's deal with Daniela right now. Now there's a guy on Facebook. He made a video about me about using a pseudo source like two years ago. I never responded to his video because I didn't think it was worthy of energy. I did have the I did have the um the um the source and everything. But I don't know. I should have made a video. But anyway, Daniela of Maccabees TV. I'm gonna show you something that is wrong with how your methodology is. And although I'm studying Hebrew, I don't go around and teach Hebrew because I don't know Hebrew to the point where I should be teaching it. But faithful to God used a, a Hebrew guy that's actually my teacher. And I thought this was very interesting. Look at this video right here. I watched the entire video. It is funny as hell. Right, so this is the uh, playlist. And I want y'all to pay attention. Tools. Look at Daniela right here. I want y'all to look at this right here. That's what I taught years ago. The devil said I'm lying. Point, I'm excuse me, the next bullet point, number three, I tell you the word ish, and I give you all the information right here on the screen where you can go and look into it. Just and let me tell you something, by the way, Daniela, if you're watching. There is a time when we as human beings got to say are wrong. Remember when I used the book off Amazon and you made a whole video about me? The truth of the matter is it was in my presentation and during our dialogue on the ear, live on the ear, I realized it was wrong. And I could have called Sonnet and said, you know what, let me chop that out of it. And I let it stay there. And you did a whole 30-minute round. Look at him. He's sued out. Look at that. You never talked about the other stuff in the video, in the presentation, the stuff that debunks you and refutes you. You only talk about the stuff that you could pinpoint and try to find. Oh, he made a mistake here. Nobody ain't perfect. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Daniela doesn't have a methodology. He has a belief, and his job is to validate that belief. The discussion here is about the term British. British. He said it means men of the covenant. All right. Look at this right here, family. Because I'm being told in the video that I'm parroting something that I got from One West. No, my friend. Everything I learned in One West, I fact checked it. And now, guess what? Your master that you love so much, the focus on is going to agree with me. Pay attention. Watch how the quote unquote caucus void, you know, the, the one that all I did was Google search. Watch what this quote unquote caucus void is actually going to say. And how this actually undermines Daniela's very own polemic. Watch how he, as the camp would say, cuts himself live on air. Watch this. So if you look right here at bullet point number two, I say the word Brits means covenant. And I give you the scriptures to back it up. Then in the next PowerPoint, I'm excuse me, the next bullet point number three, I say the word ish. Refers to man in the scriptures. That's what it refers to. We know nowadays when somebody says that something is red-ish, it means not really red. Blue-ish means not really blue. That's in modern terms. When you go to the Bible, that word ish was we say Ayash, Ayash, that refers to man. So when you see the word Brit-ish, that means man of the covenant. So the people in England that referred to themselves as British were knew who they were. They knew that they were the people of the covenant, which the people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That
That's what I saw years ago. The devil said I'm lying. And faithful to the devil says I'm lying. So now you know. Oh, no, you are absolutely unaware of what you're talking about. I think you're sincere in your delusion. I think that you're absolutely positively delusional. But I truly, truly believe that, and you don't realize this, but this very video that, I mean, the one that you made is not only exposing your incognizance, your complete and utter incognizance of the Hebrew language, not only is this not only is this exposing the fact that you don't know the basic rules of Hebrew syntax and grammar, it also proves that you did not fact check the claim that brick ish means man of the covenant. Because if you actually knew basic Hebrew grammar and syntax, you would know that that is not plausible, but the very article you're about to read, Danyala, is going to refute you. And I want everybody out there, everybody out there, to take a very close look and listen to Danyala as he refutes himself in the next few Listen to what Danyala has to say as he completely refutes himself. You know what? I'm going to take myself out of it because I'm too dark. I have melanin in my skin. I'm too dark. So I'm going to go to his caucus with the master. Let's see what they say. This is a website called the Jewish Forward, founded in 1897. Let's go around a little bit, right? Now, the name of this article is called, is it British or Ish Brits? This was uh, published December 2nd, 2005. Let's scroll down, right? Now, this is his rant against what he calls so-called British Israelism. I don't care about that. I want you to pay attention to what I have highlighted right there. Again, the article is called, Is it Brit-ish or Ish-Brit? Let's see what the so-called white man that calls himself a Jew, let's see how he breaks these words down. Here's what he says. Of course, any beginning Hebrew student will tell you man of the covenant in Hebrew, is ish Brit, not British. So all he did was he changed the order of the words. He said it's not British, it's ish Brit. So he doesn't deny that the word ish means man. He doesn't deny the word Brit. Did you see Danyala completely refute himself? The very article that he thought was going to work in his favor actually ends up completely debunking him. Because his whole argument is contingent on the phrase being British. But then the article says it's not British. It is ish Brit. That's how you would say man of the covenant. My goodness, man. <laughs> how do you make a video? Uh, in all honesty, Daniela, how do you make a video where you self-refute yourself in the process? But you know something, Daniela? I'm not going to stop here. I'm not going to stop at just this one little point. I'm going to pile it on now. Because we're going to read the article that you went to. And then we're going to go ahead and look at some sources. 
to make this definitive. Just give me a moment. Utterly, utterly amazing. Utterly amazing. That this guy claims to fact check his claims, but then he attempted to use an article that backfired on him. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to go to that forward article. All right, guys, just give me a moment. This is the article right on your screen, as you can see. We're going to go up. See, here I want to read this part because this part is essentially just completely adding context to what he was reading at the bottom. Even though when he tried to isolate that, it's still refuted. But let's go ahead and read this. Rabbi Samuel Silvers of Boca Raton, Florida, has a short question. Is British related? Is British related to Brit, the Hebrew word group? I take it that this question is tongue in cheek. The claim that British comes from the Hebrew words Brit or covenant, familiar to many of you in its Ashkenazic form, Bris, and Ish, man, so that it means man of the covenant, has been around for a long time, 200 years in fact. It goes back to the beginnings of British Israelites, a movement founded in England in the early 19th century to promulgate the idea that the British people hailed from the 10, actually nine lost tribes of the northern kingdom of Israel that disappeared from history after being carried off into exile by the Assyrians in the 8th century CE. The British Israel movement was founded by an Englishman because Danyala thinks that there's a difference between British and English, but as I showed in my first video and completely refuted his initial argument, the term British and English are interchangeable terms indicating, one indicates the, the kingdom of Great Britain, which would be England, which would be Wales, which would be Northern Ireland. And then you have the term English, which is indicating somebody from England. So you can be both English and British at the same time. But don't, don't let this kind of thing, you know, go over to Danyang. And I think it already has. Man, somebody missed such an obvious point like that in the video that I made. Yet he decides to isolate a portion of the video that completely refutes him. But I'll continue reading. The British Israel movement was founded by an Englishman named Richard Brothers, who in 1800, hmm, 1800, that's, uh, what is that? What is that, about 160 years before One West? 160 years before, more than 160 years before the advent of One West? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think the white man got this from you who in 1800 published a book titled Correct Account of the Invasion of England by the Saxons showing the English nation to be the descendants of the lost 10 tribes. At its peak in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, the movement had tens of thousands of followers. Among the many proofs, quote unquote, offered by it, such as the claim that the Stone of Stone in Westminster Abbey was the very stone that served Jacob as a pillow on the night he dreamed his ladder of angels by fleeing from his brother Esau. 
there are a large number of supposed linguistic resemblances between English and biblical Hebrew. I hope everyone's catching the sarcasm here because it seems that Nellard wasn't catching any of this. The British British equation was one of the foremost of these. Of course, any beginning student could tell you, or any beginning Hebrew student could tell you that, quote, men of the covenant in Hebrew is ish Brit and not Brit-ish. But the British Israelites, just like their Hebrew Israelite counterparts, were never a group to be deterred by even the simplest facts. Brothers himself dying in a lunatic asylum and his disciples, while not necessarily as unbalanced as he was, were no less delusory in their beliefs. Kind of like Daniel. So, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I mean, this alone debunks them, but guess what? I'm not going to stop here. Let's go ahead and take a look at the British Israelite movement. Let's take a look at who these people are. Are these people validating Daniela's claim, or are these people essentially the, uh, I would say, the progenitors of the argument that he's employing, the bad argument that he's employing? Because while he didn't get it from them, he most certainly learned this from somebody who was in some way or another directly or indirectly inspired by British Israelism literature. So let's go ahead and do something. Let's go ahead and look at a couple of books here. So this is from the British Israel Myth Book. Let's go ahead and look at uh, what it has to say here. This is, I believe, the preface page. Racism is not confined to the second world. Some Bible-based organizations and churches teach that the white races hold a privileged position and that God specially blesses the Anglo-Saxons. They often also teach that God has cursed the Jewish race. One such justification for racism is called British Israel or Anglo-Israel theory. One particular church that used to teach the British Israel message but has had a change of heart now writes, quote, it saddens us when Christians erroneously justify their racist attitudes through the misuse and misunderstanding of the Bible. Throughout the American Bible Belt, British Israelism teaching flourishes. These Christian identity, I'm going to say quote unquote Christian identity groups, as they call themselves, have asserted themselves throughout the United States, Australia, the United Kingdom, and other European nations. Nevertheless, as one author notes, it is astounding how ooh, let me go up again. It is astounding how where is that part? How little serious attention has been paid to the subject by mainstream Christian denominations. Very similar to the stuff that goes on with Hebrewism, but you know, thankfully more people are starting to pay attention. British Israelism or Anglo-Israelism is a theory that identifies the Anglo-Saxon race with the ten lost tribes of Israel. It is said that the promises given to Israel in Scripture will be fulfilled in Britain, America, and other Anglo-Saxon countries. Not in the way Hebrews might say, but that they believe essentially the, the places where you'll find in white people, because they believe it's white people, European people. They think European people are the ten lost tribes of Israel. There are dramatic and real-world implications of the British Israel teachings. 
Timothy McVeigh, the now executed Oklahoma City bomber, had ties to Elohim City. A bearded former Canadian Mennonite preacher named Richard Millar leads Elohim City. The 75 men, women, and children who live at Elohim City are adherents to the belief in British Israelism. The alleged bomber of the 1996 Atlanta Olympics, Eric Rudolph, had links to British Israelism. The Sydney Morning Herald reads, quote, Federal investigators believe Rudolph, 36, has had a long association with the radical Christian identity movement, which believes North European whites are the direct descendants of the lost tribes of Israel. The British Israel teaching is incorrect. The Encyclopedia Britannica says the theory of British Israelism rests on premises which are deemed by scholars both theological and anthropological to be utterly unsound, end quote. So let's go ahead and look on page 83 of this same book. Let's debunk this British argument because we already have one source that, you know, completely debunked that, but let's go ahead and look at another one. One theologian, Ron Wilson, has researched the British Israel teaching that the word British is formed from two Hebrew words, very covenant and ish man. He has discovered that it could not have a Hebrew origin. The word in Anglo-Saxon for which Brit is derived, a word that meant spotted because of their habit, excuse me, the word in Anglo-Saxon for which Brit is derived from a word that meant spotted because of their habit of painting their bodies. The ending ish means pertaining or belonging to. It's, it is a suffix derived according to etymology from an early, an earlier, harder sounding suffix that had a meaning similar as ish. Its earlier spelling then lessens the possibility that it came from Hebrew. As far as this uh, portion that talks about Brit being derived from spider because of the habit of painting their bodies, this is from Barry Cunningham's book. Britain begins on page four. And it reads, it is quite probable that the description of Britain given by the Greek writer Theodorus uh, Sulius uh, in the first century BC derives wholly or largely from Pateus. What is of particular interest is that he called the island Pertania, Greek Pertanike. That is the island of Pertani or Pretani, or Pretani is a, is a Celtic word that probably means the painted ones or the tattooed folk, referring to body decoration, a reminder of Caesar's observation of bold painted barbarians. In all probability, the word Pratani is an ethnonym, 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 the name by which the people knew themselves, but it remains an outside possibility that it was their continental neighbors who described them thus to the Greek explorers. If we are correct in describing the information to Theodorus' description, description to Patias, then the inhabitants of Albion were known as Pratani as early as the 4th century BC. The name Pratania features in the writings of Strabo at the beginning of the 1st century AD. But now the alternate spelling Britannia makes an appearance as well. It was as Britannia that the island was known to the Romans throughout the period of occupation, and so it has remained. So I just wanted that to be on record unless anybody uh, wants to undermine this gentleman in presenting the information about the term Greek. All right. In Hebrew, ish does mean human man, but always means a specific individual person. It is never used of a collective as in people, which would be the word am in Hebrew. It would also be very unusual for this word to be suffixed to another word. 
such as covenant and having any meaning such as people. The Hebrew word for covenant, belief, is a noun and never uses scripture as an adjective to modify a noun. If it were, it would follow the noun. Therefore, British could definitely not mean covenant man. It could mean covenant of a man. The word covenant would be in its construct state and mean covenant of. Ish would be without a definite article and thus be amen. If there is a possibility that this name is related to Hebrew, then it would speak of a covenant made by a specific human, not God. Some British Israel authors in Ganyala allow the change from British to Brit because Ellen. In fact, it's even worse for Daniela. We actually take that back. Daniela tries to incorporate Lashwan Kodash into his argument, so he says the word is, what is it? Uh, what is it? Bariyah? But we're going to find out in a moment that that's, that's completely false as well, and it undermines his argument. He ignored that in the first video. That was partially true up until they invented the markings in the Masoretic text. This is significant because during the time of King James, the same King James that Daniela thinks is an Israelite, the Masoretic text was around. In fact, that's what the King James translators used for the Old Testament. Even then, solid consonants indicated some of the vowel sounds. Since then, all vowels are included in many copies of the scriptures and prayer books. Most children learn Hebrew here and in Israel by learning it with vowel books. It is a common practice in Israel to leave vowel markings out in adult books, newspapers, and signs. But they have included in their spelling an increased number of silent consonants that indicate the vowels. In any case, the fact that the Hebrew text may not have all the vowels indicated does not have anything to do with allowable pronunciations or transliterations. We actually slow down a little bit more. Berit is the correct pronunciation, and no messing with linguistics can change that to Brit or British. All right, but let me go ahead and do something else. Daniela tried to say that, well, because he has melanin, somehow, um, you know, because he has melanin, that, that somehow undermines his argument. Well, let's actually present a gentleman with equal amounts of, me uh, equal amount of melanin as Daniela. And so this is a gentleman by the name of Mitchellem. He is an expert in the Hebrew language. He is a legitimate expert. He has degrees in the language. He knows the ins and outs of the syntax and the, you know, the, the grammar and uh, anything to do with the Hebrew language. And so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play his video. Just give me a moment, y'all. And uh, we're going to hear this from, actually, you know what, before we do that, before we do that, I want this to be on record that Daniela, unless he tries to change up his argument, was actually arguing that British means that British, excuse me, means where was that screen? Because I just have it right now. And before I present, I want to make sure that I got this on my screen. Okay, so presenting. So Daniela was asserting that British means man of the covenant. That was his assertion. How do we know this is his assertion? Well, I'm going to present it on the screen so y'all can see it for yourself. And then we're going to play him actually making the argument. Lest anybody claim that this is somehow um, that this is somehow false or whatever the case may be. And by the way, for the moderators, if you see any of the trolls in the live chat, definitely uh, hide them. 
Don't, don't, even, don't even waste your time. Some people want to argue side topics and they've already been refuted. So let me go ahead and present my screen. All right. And by the way, those trolls wouldn't be Danyala. I'm referring to other individuals who are known for coming into these live streams and never staying on the topic and always arguing everything except for the obvious topic of discussion. So this is Danyala's video, and we're going to listen to him make the argument for himself. Here we go. This is Danyala speaking. The word Brit means covenants, right? The word ish, or as we say in Lashuan Kodash, ayash, that means man. So the word Brit-ish means man of the covenant. That's what the word means when you look at the Hebrew. And you got a whole bunch of Israelites that talk about being Hebrew scholars. Well, how come you couldn't break this down? How come you didn't know this? The word Brit-ish is Hebrew. It means man of the covenants. So what it means. And there you have it, Daniela proving that he has no idea what he's talking about. All right, I'm going to go ahead and show some comments. This is from Abu. I personally witnessed Arya stop that British argument in Times Square nearly 25 years ago. Arya broke down Irish this, this way. Irie means angry, ish means man, angry man. Wow. Talk about faulty... I mean, just just utter folly. Here's another one. Taking the British argument from Anglo-Israelites is awkward for proponents of Lashwan Kodash. It was awkward when Ariad did so in the 90s or earlier, and it remains awkward today. Boy, you, you ain't kidding me. Look at this on your screen, y'all. He's asserting that the term Brit is, uh, what is it, Bariyah? And then Ish is Ayash. In fact, uh, for Abu, if you're watching this, feel free to correct. Uh, for those who might not be interested in Hebrew, this is the letter B. What he has when he writes Isaiah 42.6, this is his interpretation of what Brit is in Hebrew. But look at what he's writing. This is what he's talking about. Barash or Bara. This is the B, the R. The wa or the yad or whatever that is right there, and the ha, the he. That's that's what made the he sound. All right. But um, let's let's take a look at what he did. This is for the people who look into Hebrew. Y'all can still talk about your Aboriginal stuff in the chat. But this is just I want Daniela to watch this. I want to see if he's gonna correct this. Because everybody feels there's if you don't know Hebrew, I'm not no Hebrew specialist. I mean, I'm just learning, but I'm just saying I knew that wasn't it, but I didn't even want to go there. But check this out. Definitely feel uh, free to correct me. Um, but this is what I don't understand. So if the term British, according to him, is really, um, and, and I could be mispronouncing this, Barayat Ayash, how is the term British being employed as an argument? If, according to him, those two phrases would be quote-unquote Yiddish, why why is he using the term British and not Barayat Ayash? It, it's utterly ridiculous. 
Right, as, as Abu was saying right here, were they speaking Yiddish? According according to Daniela, you know, British is Yiddish. So does that mean King James was speaking Yiddish and his translators more specifically were speaking Yiddish? Utterly unbelievable, man. You know, I'm going to go ahead and end this thing by playing a video from you know, a Hebrew expert, unlike Danyala, who is inept when it comes to the Hebrew language. And I'm going to go ahead and let him put the nail in the coffin. Let's listen to what an actual Hebrew expert has to say. An African-American, someone who would be Judah, according to Danyala. Let's see what quote-unquote Judah has to say. Let's go ahead and see what Before he plays the guy that's actually teaching me Hebrew, right? This is the guy. You remember when Zionix was on Zionetta, he said, Abla Ujau. The reason why, so, listen, Zionix got one of the biggest scams going in the, in the, in the community. I'm going to tell you what he does. He, he, he really doesn't know Hebrew. Really. What he does, Garfield, I could pretend to know Hebrew. I can. If I wanted to, I could pretend. And what I could do is because I'm, I'm I'm great with the letters, I could read the letters without the diacritic. So I could I could just look at your name and tell you what it is. I'm nice like that. But the issue is I don't know what the grammar is. So if I see a word, I could tell you what the word is, but I couldn't tell you what the sentence is saying because I don't know grammar. So what Zion does is he does it with Medjinetta. letters mean and draft an idea, but he doesn't know the grammar. So it's the same thing with Hebrew. He's pulling this fraud. And listen, man, he blocked my Hebrew teacher. He blocked everybody in paradigm. Why? Because they correct him in public. They don't do it disrespectfully. Wujahu corrected him. He don't want that. He don't want Asar Imhotep on his timeline. He don't want Sanjedi because it, it, it exposes the scam that what he's pulling off on the people. He's crazy. But y'all just sit back and say, oh, he's a Hebrew, he's an Israelite man, so I'm going to take him for my dude. E.I., whatever. Check out my master teacher right now, Hebrew. So, um, we're going to basically touch base and discuss um, construct chains and construct relationships. Um, I think, basically, uh, there was a video I was viewing, and... Um, um, <laughs> A person was basically asserting there was a fundamental difference between the English and the British based on, I guess, the 
what the individual is doing, um, who is operating under the presupposition that um, British is a Hebrew word consisting of Greek and Ish. So Greek as in the feminine singular um, absolute noun, um, committing covenant or bind, uh, binding um, a league. Um, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> so, and then each um, announcement singular now, meaning man. So, um, <laughs> um, without coming across as condescending, um, this is kind of get to the point. Uh, one, um, British can't mean man of the covenant because that is not the way Hebrew syntax operates as it relates to um, construct noun arrangement. So nouns typically present themselves in two forms, the absolute and the construct state. So in order to produce um, man of the covenant, um, we would need the principal noun man. Okay? And we're going to modify man. So we start out with the principal noun man. And then we're going to modify it. So we're going to put man in a construct state. Okay, so if you want to say man of a covenant, uh, you would simply say ish brut. Okay, ish brut. Now, if you want to say man of the covenant, it is man of the covenant. So ish brut. Right, so if you were to say brut, ish, that would be a covenant of man. Because and by the way, if you notice, he's writing in classical Hebrew. I can't read this shit. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody really in the community could read this. This is Canaanite. Ain't nobody in the community could read this. All right, just for the record. So he's reading what they actually wrote in the language, the, the script that they actually wrote in. This is how deep this dude is. Because the principal noun would then be brief as opposed to each. So the idea that this individual thinks that British means man of the covenant means that that individual is not really familiar with ancient Hebrew grammar and how it behaves. So, uh, again, classical Hebrew syntax is verb subject object. We know that. We've been kind of beating that dead horse frequently. Um, and then, of course, again, as it relates to construct noun relationships, you're going to have your principal noun and then you're going to start building upon that. There are two principal forms, the construct form, to me, the absolute and the construct form. So if you wanted to say the sons of Israel, right, you are going to build upon Bonim, which would be our masculine gender inclusive, plural. And so we're going to go from Bonim to Bene, okay, sons of so, the sons of Israel. If you wanted to say amen, it was really to say ish Israel. If you wanted to say men of Israel, you say onesher Israel. Okay? So, again, we are building our, our principle now, and then we are. Uh, Announced. Of course, the last noun in the construct form or the construct chain must be the absolute form. So we could have 
any number of nouns modifying our principle, but the final noun in that contract chain must be the absolute form. So I believe uh, the person that put this up was someone named Daniel uh, or something like that. The individual is from the house of David, probably one of the original members of One West. But in any case, um, somebody was looking to address some of the principal errors that they found in a YouTube video. So um, they were looking for some clarity as it related to contract relationship. So again, um, Greet ish does not mean man of the covenant because our principal noun would be greet and is being modified by ish. So this would be covenant of man, not man of the covenant. It doesn't work that way. Man of the covenant would be ish hobby because we have to include the definite article here to make sure that listeners and readers know this should be understood to be a definite noun. Okay, hey, so, hey, Mika, do you, under, do you understand anything he's saying? Hey, Mika? Right. Hey, man, okay, would be East Mika. Greek. Okay, so British um, doesn't mean man of the covenant. All right? Just doesn't. Yeah. Hey, I just want to say that, hey, faithful to God, you need to link up with the brother, man. Not because you may, I, you see, I don't take things personal. You made a video about a a, 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 a link that I use or whatever. I'm going to put it in the chat, by the way. I did put the link, link in the chat. I got Sean. I got Aboriginals fight back. Y'all niggas is ready. Oh, man. What's your story at? Hold up. Hold up. Let me get truth in here. And, and, and by the way, there's a lady that call you true stories. You got a little groupie out there. I'm sorry for calling you groupie, sis. But she loves her truth stories. She don't call you truth story. She says, I like truth stories. I love his voice. I'm like, okay. All right. So there's the link in the chat. Anybody wants to come on? I really don't care. I'm just going to be listening. I don't really care what anybody want to talk about. But these aboriginals are ridiculous. And by the way, I like original one. And I actually like Nighthawk. I like Nighthawk, who was another previous name. He changed his name. Um, and I do like Aboriginal TV because he's funny as hell. Now, um, our original one put a comment on that says 1860, 300,000 to 4 million in the same year. I don't think original one understands what he's saying at all. But I just got one more small four-minute video to play. Please let me play this video. I apologize. I know y'all want to debate. I really don't care. I'm here doing my work anyway. But um, I just want to show y'all one last video. Danielle, how to make a Hebrew Israelite YouTube video. It's just 2 minutes and 49 seconds. Check it out. How to make a Hebrew Israelite YouTube video. Starting Danielle. Step 1. Slander your opponent with lies. Less than 5 minutes for me to address a clown or a YouTube that's looking for attention, probably doesn't have a father, didn't have a father, probably looking for attention, and quite frankly, the sound of your voice, you sound like you might like men. You're a man, but you sound like you might like men. I'm here to discuss a clown that spent 57 minutes addressing me, only for me to take less than five to debunk his gay 
homosexual not show his face behind. Step two, respond to an objection to your initial argument and reveal yourself in the process. So the word Brit-ish means man of the covenant. That's what the word means when you look at the Hebrew. You know who agrees with me? The so-called white man that calls himself a Jew. Pay attention, right? Because I'm being told in the video that I'm parroting something that I got from One West. No, my friend. Everything I learned in One West, I fact-checked it. And now guess what? Your master that you love so much, the focus on is going to agree with me. Let's see what the so-called white man that calls himself a Jew, let's see how he breaks these words down. Here's what he says. Of course, any beginning Hebrew student will tell you man of the covenant in Hebrew is ish Brit, not British. <laughs> No matter how bad you've done. Yo, let me tell you something, man. I think I think Daniela is on grade one. D Red, you crazy as hell for agreeing with that craziness. You see, that's what happened when you got cheerleaders. Well, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. After their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. This concludes how to make a Hebrew Israel like YouTube video. Hashkash Bikash Kawasaki Bahamayamaha. Yo, hold up, I gotta play the last part. I know y'all want to debate, but that shit was funny as hell, yo. Oh man. Speak fake Hebrew at the end and pretend it's ancient. <laughs> oh man, Daniel I gonna talk about me. He ain't gonna say my name, though. He's gonna say the fake woke, fake woke dudes in the community. Fake conscious, fake woke conscious dudes. But check this out. This is funny as hell. Mika, you gotta admit it. This is funny as hell. This concludes how to make a Hebrew Israel like YouTube video. Oh, that shit is funny as hell. They will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. This concludes how to make a Hebrew Israel like YouTube video. Shall they heap to themselves teachers having and they shall from the truth turned unto fable. This concludes how to make a Hebrew Israel like YouTube video. Hey, let me tell you something how disgusting some of these Hebrew dudes are. This is why I don't this is why listen, this is why I'm always gonna go in. There's no there's no uniting with these stupid ass dudes. Look at what this dude put in the chat. I want y'all to look at what he put in the chat. And I'm going to put it on the screen. And this is why I will never unite with these Hebrew Israelites. They are the worst people in the community. Them and these fools who claim aboriginals. They are the, some of the dumbest people you have on the planet. And disgusting. Look at what this jerk wrote in the chat. Let me, let me see if I could find it real quick. And his name is Yasharala. He must be a fake profile. It can't. This can't be real. This cannot be real, family. 
This cannot be real. Hold up. Let me find let me find the comment real quickly. Hold on, let me find the comment. Met, this, the person that's timed out Malik Yasharala. That's the comment I'm talking about. Look at this family. Look at look at this comment that he made. These filthy Africans that lick buttholes are false advertising. Why are you on my channel? If you don't like Africa, and I'm not talking just East Africa, North Africa, or West Africa. If you don't admire or respect the African culture, this channel is not for you. I don't want you here. I don't want you here. So if you got the anti-African mode, come on in. Let's fight. But I'm going to just let you know. After we're done, I'm going to kick you out. I don't want you in my life. And the dude called Abdul Wakil is emailing the hell out of me. Why are you always taking up for these? Why you don't go back to anybody that says, why don't you go back to Jamaica? Obviously, you have a problem that you need to work on internally. Because we all the same people. We might come from different tribes, but we all from Africa, family. If you if you don't like the name, that's fine. Try to find out which tribe you're from. Go to AfricanAncestry.com. What the hell? Y'all niggas is crazy out here. Crazy. Ridiculous. Yo, I'm going to play a video later, man, with General Hyman or Hyman or Hyman or whatever the hell his name is. These dudes, we don't need them in the community family. We don't need them at all. They serve no purpose. Ask them, listen, listen. Ask them what they've ever done for the community. Just ask them that one question. What have you done? Well, I'm sorry. Um, Sorry, guys. I've been ranting and going on and, and whatever. Hey, Chris, I invited you on, but I don't know if this show is for you, though. They're about to go in on these Aboriginal. Did you want to say something real quick before I let you <clears throat> Chris. Hold on, let, let's get Chris in here first. Chris, you wanted to say something, bro? Because I know you wanted to add. Yeah, yeah, yeah I just want to say if these Hebrews can. The okay, no doubt. If these Hebrews would start debunking this dang on Bible like they debunk each other all day, I think we as a black people would be a lot further than where we're at today. So, with that being said, I'm out, man. Thanks for letting me on. All right, cool. Peace and love. All right. All right. Um, Aboriginal fight back. Who is, who are you, by the way? Aboriginal fight back. Who are you? Who are you? Yo. Aboriginal fight back. Who are you? I'm Lotus, man. Can you hear me? Lotus. Which Lotus? The, oh, man, the one and only Lotus. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad, brother Lotus. I didn't know that was you. I'm sorry. Cause you, you're not allowed on any channel with the Dagger Squad, NBK, Masi Warrior Clan, Amira Squad. You're not allowed on any channel that we're on. So I'm sorry. I apologize, family, for allowing that clown on the channel. We ain't got time for you, bro. I'm sorry. I don't mean to call you clown, but what you do is clown-like. So I'm not going to call you a clown. I'm going to call you, 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 what you do is clownish, in other words. Hey, there goes Daniela's teaching, man. Ish. Clown-ish. All right. So now let's move on. Which one of you Aboriginal dudes want to step up right now? Are you scared of Sean? Are you scared of Uncle Truth? I think Uncle Truth is a friendly name for you on this, um, um, <laughs> Danny. It's a friendly name. You invite the dudes and they're like, um, ain't nobody named Uncle Truth going to bump me. Yeah, you keep thinking that, buddy. <laughs> but anyway, jump on the chat. They ready, man. Who, who's talking? If you're talking in the chat and don't want to come on, well, you serve no purpose right now. There's no arguing. Come on, American Indian truth. 
If you got the truth, come on in. You shouldn't be ashamed to spread it. Let's go. As a matter of fact, I'm going to mute my mic. I ain't got nothing to do with this. I'm going to mute my mic. This ain't my field. I'm stepping away. I'm a Jamaican. I'm going to stay over my lane and do what I do. I'm a Bible. I'm a biblical Jamaican. All right? So if y'all want to talk about this West African and this Native American stuff and I'm Indian and, and disrespect as... as